In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome, everybody, to tonight's live broadcast of TPC. It's Edwards and Keith Alexander back together again after last week's very special Valentine's Day show. Keith was out on the town, and as I put it, I was the only rooster in the hen house last week. I missed you badly, Keith, but I got to say, what's not to like when you're surrounded by seven attractive, intelligent, wholesome women? It could have been a worse night. Well, let me tell you. We're kind of like Pluto and Neptune. Our orbits cross every once in a while. <laughs> I feel like, but it's a. I uh, I know you've had uh, you had family engagements and things like that to do. But uh, I'm so glad that uh, you know I, I listen to the shows when I'm not on them, and it's good to do that to get that perspective. And I tell you what, I really enjoyed the Valentine's Day show. I, it's you know. It's a change of pace show, but it was really good. Yes, it was. It was a change of pace show. It was a novelty show. It's something we do just once a year, and that was our annual installment for this year. But I always love getting those women together. They're fantastic. Uh, was a little bit different, but uh, also a message that very much needs to be heard. And so it was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, now we're back to our standard fare. It's been a great start to the year, and tonight will be. No exception when we welcome back to the show for the first time in 2023, longtime contributor Brad Griffin, also a guy who's relatively new to our roster. He'll be making his third appearance tonight after having made two, uh, his first two. Last fall, columnist Jose Nino is back, and they're both going to be talking about continuing the conversation that we've had in recent weeks with Paul Craig Roberts and Mark Weber, respectively, about the chances of the Russo-Ukrainian conflict literally going nuclear. Uh, So we're going to get into all of that. But first, uh, Keith, it's been a a crazy week, you know. Uh, You and I don't get together for a week, and the news just really piles up. And, uh, well, what's been going on? So first of all, I think, what, the United States... According to mainstream or establishment news reports, shot down four UFOs last week. And these things are supposedly these cylindrical objects with no apparent propulsion system. And they're shooting them down. And then you never hear anything about it. Like, do they not capture these things to see what they are or where they came from? You hear you, another UFO got shot down today. And, and um <laughs> nothing. It's just the strangest thing. I'll tell you this, though. Well, I'll give you my feeling on it in a capsule, you know, in a, in a little bullet, basically. The first one was really a spice uh, device, and it had all sorts of markings on it and information that would lead you to believe that that really was 
a special thing. It's supposedly as big as two uh, mobile homes or something, you know, uh, flying up there stacked <laughs> together. So, it, you know, it wasn't somebody's uh, $10 balloon from Walmart that he, uh, you know. Well, that was the, there was the Chinese balloon, but then there was these other things. Yeah, well, that one I think really was something, and I think it, it was not an accident that they shot it down over the water, and now they say they can't recover, you know, the, the payload on it. They didn't want to because we certain, we know that the Biden crime family has very special ties with China, and I imagine they didn't want that to come up and put them in a situation where they had to show that they were, you know, really strong uh, against well, China. Well, I got to tell you, I was actually hoping it was aliens. I'd be rooting for the aliens. There's no way, <laughs> there's no way the aliens would be more anti-white and be uh, more opposed to my unique group interest than uh, our own government. So maybe they'd come down and give us a little assist. But yeah, anyway. Just don't uh, let a white dove loose. When <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> Remember that? Uh, uh, attack on Mars. Yeah, Mars attacks. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, we Let's see what else. Um, since you and I were last together but two weeks I, ago. I think the other two things were, or three things were just weather balloons or, or innocuous things. But it's just, uh, you know, it's no telling what's going on up there that we don't know about. And, you know, we've sold out to the Chinese for a long time. You know, it goes back to the Clintons with allowing those Chinese scientists to be stationed at Los Alamos. And all of a sudden, China has our ICBM technology. Well, again, would China be worse for us <laughs> the, the current uh, regime? I don't know. But um, what else has been going on since we were together two weeks ago tonight? Uh, you had Black a satanic. Well, we're going to get to that later. I don't even have time for that right now. We are going to spend a little time on that later in the show. So uh, gird your loins, folks. Uh, you had a satanic uh, Grammy presentation televised the grammys which were televised pretty much an entire satanic ritual uh, uh, sa whenever satanic, you ask yourself can it get any worse it gets worse satanic super bowl halftime show by the way the super bowl they had two different national anthems they actually started with the black national anthem now no other country on earth lets competing racial groups have their own anthem uh before sporting events so about i wonder though if we're gonna have separate anthems can we have separate nations i mean maybe this is building towards something that we can actually get behind uh, what else, Keith? I mean, that's not even all. We had America's Chernobyl in the last two weeks. You, seventeen hundred trains derail every year in the United States. I came to find out that seems like a lot. Seventeen hundred trains derailing, uh, but this one, of course, was uh, carrying vinyl chloride, which is basically poisoned all of the red states. Uh, it would it would seem, or at least a, a a large swath of the red states. And you have Pete Buttigieg, who is the transportation secretary, he, he has said nothing. You know what he said? He said nothing about this for almost two weeks. I mean, this is the probably the biggest single chemical disaster in American history, right? I mean, it's got to be right up there. And he said nothing. He did finally give a speech, but it was how white construction workers were taking jobs from black people. Well, if you were really getting on the racial note, I imagine all of these derailments have something to do with affirmative action hiring on our railroad. See, that's the thing. I mean, some people are saying... It was done intentionally. I think it's probably just the typical third world incompetence that we're racing towards, but who's to say? Uh, it does seem as though that the people that are infected, that the people whose waterways have been affected by this or are affected by this are, are well, mostly you know middle Americans, which isn't you know the support group of the regime. Two related topics. Uh, 
here that I want to cover. First of all, Biden and the Chinese, and then Buttigieg and the Palestine-Ohio derailment. Basically, it's Marshall McLuhan. The medium is a message. If you control the medium, you control the message. Likewise, if you decide, if you control the medium, you also control what is the non-message. I'm sure that we've had all sorts of balloons and other aircraft flying over the United States from China for time in memoriam, but we never hear about it because they don't want you to hear about it. Uh, you know, why is Biden doing something like sending off, of, you know, half of our oil reserves to China out of the blue, things like that? Uh, and then Buttigieg, he just ignores the biggest issue uh, that he, as uh, the Secretary of Transportation, has had across his desk, and he says nothing about it. It doesn't exist because, again, it doesn't fit the media narrative of the regime. I got it right here. So, oh, just a teaser. We'll talk more about it later. We'll get back to this train derailing. But first, we've got to take a, a quick departure. We've got to get to Brad Griffin. Brad Griffin is standing on deck. We've got to move to foreign policy. We will come back to this rail derailment a little later on in the program so more to come on that more to come first with brad stay tuned have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com the spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, 
as I said, folks, at the top of the show, a lot of weird stuff going on out there. UFOs falling from the sky, trains derailing, chemical spills, so much more. We're going to get back to some of that later on in the broadcast. But first, we'd like to welcome back, for the first time this year, he's a regular contributor and commentator on this program. But for the first time in 2023, no less, but certainly not the last, Brad Griffin is back, the editor-in-chief of Occidental Descent. And he's going to be talking to us about why the issue of foreign policy uh, vis-a-vis Russia and Ukraine may tip the scale back into Trump's favor, even after all we've been through in the last eight uh, or so years in the Trump era. First, Brad, welcome back. Oh, Thanks for having me, James. I can't wait to get into this because you've written some very interesting things at OD, and, uh, well, I'm going to serve them up to you and have you respond. You wrote a few days ago, Donald Trump is trying to win me back, and there was an excerpt from an establishment news article uh, which reads, Donald Trump is setting, uh, is settling on a simple foreign policy pitch in his second bid for the White House. Want World War III? Vote for the other guy. You responded, Brad, by writing, I would never vote for someone like Nikki Haley, who, of course, just announced, John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, or Lindsey Graham because of my isolationist views on foreign policy. Donald Trump did empower all of these Reaganites in various ways in his administration, and I was furious about it at the time. It could have been a lot worse, though, with this faction of the Republican Party actually at the helm in the White House. The case for Trump in 2024 is that his foreign policy record looks a lot better in retrospect. Trump didn't start a war with Russia and spend $100 billion on it. Uh, This issue wasn't even on the table in the 2020 election. Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, John Haley, and the rest of them would continue to stand with Ukraine and fund the war and continue Biden's foreign policy. So, Brad, as we know, Trump made foreign policy blunders, uh, but he didn't do this. World War III with Russia, as you mentioned, that wasn't even something that was talked about with Biden during those debates, but it is now, and I mean it really is. Who would have thought, you wrote, two years ago that we'd be spiraling into a hot war with Russia? So is it enough? This is the question, Brad. Is that single issue enough? Immigration will be a big one, yes, but is that issue enough to get you... You, a man who has been calling Donald Trump dump since about 2018, is that enough to get you back on board as a voter next year? Um, I, I don't, I don't know at this point. Um, I don't, I don't know, but that is that is literally um, his, in my view, his strongest, his strongest, the strongest card he has right now, and the card he's obviously um, already playing is the Ukraine, um, the Ukraine uh, card. I mean, Trump can legitimately say that. Um, I mean, our foreign policy with Russia was far from ideal when he was president, but it was nothing. Needless to say, it was nothing uh, this crazy. Um, and I really do think, in retrospect, that you know, uh, underestimated, <laughs> to say the least, how bad Joe Biden could be on foreign policy. And um, compared to his rivals um, for the Republican nomination, this might you know seal the deal for him. This might be the issue that. Um, Locks it up for him. Well, so, yes, that plus immigration, uh, that's something that we're going to have to take a look at because who would have thought that, as you said, it would have come to this, your worst nightmare. Nobody's thinking nuclear war with Russia, which is a very real possibility. So uh, I was saying at the beginning of the program, we've had very recently some expert, really superb analysis on this topic with Paul Craig Roberts and Mark Weber. And it's not hyperbole to think that it could get uh, it could go nuclear. Keith, let's bring you on. Let's get your you mic'd up here and let you say hello to Brad. Go. 
Hello, Brad. Uh, let me say this. Hey, at least Trump, uh, good to see you again. Trump at least said that he wanted to improve foreign relations with Russia. <laughs> I've never heard Biden say that. Biden, I'm convinced, is just an automaton. He says whatever the uh, brain trust uh, of the Democratic Party wants him to say. And getting into this war is, uh, you know, nobody could have foreseen this. You didn't foresee it. We didn't foresee it. But it is spiraling out of control. And it's obvious that the people that want this war are not going to accept defeat. They're going to ramp it up if they start losing big. You know, we're hearing all sorts of false reports from the Western media about how Russia is getting their tail whipped. And nobody believes it because it's not true. And, uh, you know, I think what we need to worry about with Trump is like what happened in the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Back then, the South decided that Stephen Douglas was wheat tea. We didn't think we were being represented properly by him, so we had two Southerners from Tennessee, John Bell and uh, John Breckinridge, jump in as third-party candidates, and that's what swung the election to Trump, I mean to uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, and then we found out just how bad Lincoln could be, you know, uh, with the morale tariff <laughs> and things like that. So consequently, yeah. that's what's happened with Biden. You know, I voted for Trump, held my nose. I felt a lot like you did. I know you said you didn't vote for him, but I could not have imagined how bad Biden was going to be, but lo and well, behold. It's, inter it's interesting. So I voted for Trump both times. And Brad voted for him 50% of the time. Sam Bushman, our good friend, voted for him 0%. And so he voted, you know, the Constitution Party way. So, I mean, there was a, a great consensus, I think, for the most part in 2016. Obviously, the coalition crumbled before 2020. But now here we are. I mean, this... Trump would say something about protecting the Confederate bases. He would the names on the Confederate uh, on the military bases named after Confederates. Uh, praise Robert E. Lee. Do the thing he did after Charlottesville, and then it would be it was just back and forth like a ping pong. But uh, here we are again, uh, being uh, drawn back into the orbit, and it's hard to argue against it because again, going back to Brad's writing, Brad, you wrote in the 2020 election, I was so angry and blackpilled on Trump that I wouldn't even consider voting for him. Uh, even as the lesser of two evils. Now I have changed my mind because of how the Biden presidency has played out. Trump can now say he kept us out of war with Russia. He got rid of Roe versus Wade. He also didn't set out to erase the Mexican border. Trump's first term was largely a failure, but his goals were different. He wasn't trying to dismantle immigration enforcement or start World War III. The other guys are, and it's amazing that it's come to this. Now, you also bring up Ron DeSantis. Okay, so that's, that's a variable out there. Ron DeSantis, who hasn't announced yeah. yet, uh, would be obviously the most likely and probably the only threat to Trump winning the nomination. But he has had very little to say about this particular the silence is deafening, as I say. Issue, which is going to be maybe the top issue uh, next year. Uh, he hasn't said anything about Biden's insane foreign policy of standing with Ukraine. Well, you want to hear what Top Gov DeSantis has to say about it? Uh, we already know that he's at least as big of a Zionist as Trump. Uh, but he needs to chime in on this policy. Well, you know, if he's going to be a serious war. candidate for president, he needs to, uh, you know, stand up and be counted. And if not, you know, what's the uh, Marine Corps motto, lead, follow, or get out of the way? What do you think is going exactly. on there with him, Brad? Well, I mean, um, I, I, obviously, I mean, that, that's that's the issue. Um, 
the Republican Party is bitterly divided over Ukraine policy. Um, as I predicted last year, I mean, support has been declining for the standing with Ukraine, endless amounts of money, endless amounts of weapons flowing into Ukraine. And ever since the omnibus bill, it's, you know, tipped. And then there was a new poll out by the day. I think it's one of the last things I wrote about. And it was pretty dramatic. Now it's uh, like a 60-40 split against sending weapons um, to Ukraine. And the thing is, is if DeSantis ran for president, um, first of all, Trump already – Trump's base, for at least 40 percent of the Republican Party electorate, um, Trump's wing of it is adamantly against uh, this war in Ukraine. And to the point, to the point where um, at least 40 percent of the Republican Party would be w willing to have Ukraine make territorial concessions to end the war – um, the priority is on ending the war immediately. Now, if DeSantis ran for president, he would have to consolidate. In theory, he would have to consolidate the Reaganite wing, and then win over um, some degree of persuadable Trump supporters. But the Ukraine, the DeSantis is caught between a rock and a hard spot. You know, if he comes out, you know, um, you know, pro-Ukraine, he's gonna just paved the way for Trump's renomination. And um if he comes out um you know against against standing with Ukraine in order to appeal to Trump's people, he'll probably end up losing them too and you know create an opening for a Nikki Haley type, you know, who's gonna run more aggressively. So um it's just I pure politics talk, with him. I am gonna talk to you a little later this hour before you leave about uh Nikki Haley running for president. She's the only other announced Republican so far, right? That's right, and I'm, she's the one I've announced that if Scaly she, Haley, we got a new nickname for her. Well, Nikki Hokey, you know. The old, <laughs> but anyway, whatever it is, she is. Uh, if, if she is Trump's running mate, that's the only condition under which I will not vote yeah, for Trump. I don't think he would. I don't think he would do that. No chance. Now, there's been some. This is way too some way too early rumors. Like when they start picking the favorite for the Super Bowl the minute after the Super Bowl ends for next year, some people have been saying Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, anyway, as a running mate potentially for Trump. A lot more with Brad Griffin. Always love to talk to Brad Griffin. Almost as lot as much as I love reading Brad Griffin, which I do every day at OccidentalDescent.com. You should too. We'll be right back. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. North Korea's saber rattling started back up Friday. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea threatened to take unprecedentedly strong action against South Korea and the USA soon after South Korea announced a series of planned military drills with the United States to counter North Korea's increasing nuclear threats. The North Korean foreign minister called South Korea and the United States the arch-criminals deliberately disrupting regional peace and stability. A judge released parts of a special grand jury report saying unidentified witnesses might have lied to jurors investigating former President Trump and the 2020 election in Georgia. The grand jury recommends that the district attorney seek appropriate indictments for such crimes if evidence is discovered. Trump claims total exoneration after the Georgia grand jury report was released on Thursday. 12-year-old Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia was at football practice playing with his younger brother's team when he collapsed and died. He didn't deserve this. He was a good kid. 
The boy's mother, Raven Brown, said it took an ambulance more than a half an hour to respond. He had so much further to go. He had so much more time. He was supposed to be here. She added the coach isn't CPR certified and ran an errand at the time of the incident. Elijah's brother, Makai, was there. He didn't get hit, like no contact or anything. Um, he ran about like 20 yards. New Jersey requires defibrillators at school-related events, but not independent recreational activities. I'm Victoria Idoni. Consumer advocate Aaron Brockovich advised residents of East Palestine, Ohio, to believe their own instincts as state officials claim there's no longer any air or water hazards from the train crash that burned toxic chemicals. Republican Governor Mike Devine. That water certainly can, can be uh, consumed. This is USA News. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Back with Brad Griffin, editor-in-chief of Occidental Descent, OccidentalDescent.com. I'm there every day. Keith, how many times a day are you there? Three or four. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be to keep well, up with I the Well, I know running. you have to keep up. I know it's been a little bit slow lately, but, uh, you know, Brad's running a one-man show over there, and it's amazing to me how much new content he puts on there in a regular And it's day. all interesting. I mean, I, I, I do read just about, if not every single blog post, and he's been doing it uh, as long as we have, so a lot of, a lot of um, tenure over there, and it's it's just great stuff. He's what a else? busy beaver. He's been writing about Trump and foreign policy, and how the foreign policy issue may be something that propels Trump back to the head of the pack in the presidential pecking order coming up the well, next year. Well, it will year. certainly distinguish him from the crowd because the crowd just doesn't want to take a position on anything. Well, And, uh, you know, it used to be that the Democrats were the peaceniks and the Republicans were the warhawks. Uh, nobody wants to be the peacenik anymore. But it's, a, it's, it's a, an issue, and Brad touched on this in the last segment. It's an issue, though, that is a winning issue with Republican voters. Let's go back to what Brad wrote and then... Some are One of the things, well, no, well, I mean, what are you going to say? 63%, well, I'll go ahead and tell you. A recent NBC News poll uh, showcased that 63% of Republicans surveyed directly opposed 
providing more funding and weapons to Ukraine. 63 to 37%, that's a landslide winning issue to get behind not funding the war in Ukraine. Now, Brad, you wrote... MIGA, which was the Make Israel Great Again movement that so many people said Trump was uh, the leader of, is really nothing no. compared to the Make Ukraine Great Again caucus. Israel gets about 3.8. Well, they seem billion. to be related, though. Israel gets about $3.8 billion a year in foreign aid. We've given Israel, you write, a total of around $150 billion over the course of several generations. You continue, Brad, by writing, we've already given Ukraine over $100 billion in less than a year, in all caps. So let, let's, let's talk about that, Brad. And, and the fact Ukraine. that um, Trump is at least criticizing Biden on this. And again, going back to yeah. DeSantis, he hasn't done that, at least not yet. I mean, I mean that's, that's how insane it is, uh, over $100 billion a year. And what I woke up to this morning is I heard that – you know how they passed uh, – I forget how much was it. Was it forty, fifty, sixty billion they passed um, in the omnibus? At the at the rate Ukraine is going now, right. they're going to run out of run out of ammunition before um, the summer. That's how insane it is, and they'll be back asking for more. Um, w w one thing, I, one thing I will caution about, like how this could determine the whole landscape. Um, the I think the first primaries don't start until what a year from now. Was it next February? Right. Yeah, something the like that. starts. So I mean, I mean, for all we know, um, for for all we know, um, it, it, might, it might wind down in between, like now, now and uh, next year. Maybe Russia decisively wins. Maybe there's a uh, Ukraine doesn't get funded again, and there's some kind of stalemate that could uh, take the issue all, away. But like as of things stand right now, I mean, it looks like the choice is going to be. Trump, Joe Biden, and DeSantis, and of those two, the only option that you know is offering an off ramp for this is Trump. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, I, I would think DeSantis so. At DeSantis least he's the only one that has come up with. He's not in the Amen chorus with uh, the other. You know, well, and well, he, he was uh, good. Both de Democrats and Republicans generally, the mainstream people are all for Ukraine. Whatever Ukraine wants. And they're not about to make our so-called NATO allies contribute a red cent to it. Well, I mean, NATO is basically run by Washington. But the thing is, gentlemen, you will remember that while immigration was the primary reason Trump won in, in 2016, he was very big early and consistently on opposing the Bush-era neocon foreign policy as well. So this is an issue that he has been yeah, this pretty good on the yeah, whole, the whole, yeah, the whole that, way. That's what both uh, Paul Craig Roberts and Mark Weber said. That this is basically just an extension of the Wolfowitz doctrine from the mid '90s. You know that, uh, and that's what Trump has said has criticized uh, since he came down the escalator. So, what's stopping, in your opinion, Brad DeSantis, from getting behind this if it's truly a sick? And this is NBC News poll: sixty-three thirty-seven mm -hmm. Republicans in, uh, against uh, continuing. Uh, the involvement that our Congress has had in uh, aiding and abetting uh, the puppet Zelensky. I mean, that's why. Why wouldn't he want to get behind a winning issue like that? Um, I think DeSantis is smart. He knows that if he runs in the primary, that he's going to have to consolidate all of of tr the whole wing that's you know Trump skeptical, Trump opponents, all the people who are like you know um, traditional Republican neocon type people. That's his so-called lane. I, I, what, what I think DeSantis, I think DeSantis is being smart, and he's um, not—he's not taking a stand on the issue because 
Uh, he wants to see like, you know, he's follow. I think he'll follow the crowd. I mean, if if the party dis- you know turns so decisively um, against Ukraine, then he'll you know not he'll have to um, follow the crowd. And um, then of course the issue might resolve itself by the time the um, like I said it might resolve itself over the next year before the primaries even start. And so he, he doesn't want to give Trump ammunition to beat him over the head with. So um, I think it's, it's also a matter there. of what crowd you follow, uh, Brad, because right. the rank and file Republicans are one thing and the donor class is another. And that's what he goes with. And I think that one explanation for DeSantis's behavior is that he seems to be even more slavishly devoted to Jewish power and influence than Trump, if that is possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. But I, I, then, I totally, at I least totally as much. And, and he knows that they are basically joined at the hip with Ukraine. They they are behind Ukraine uh, going to war against Russia for all intents and purposes, in my opinion. Yeah, there, there was a new poll that came out. I heard reference this morning. I hadn't got to cover it. But uh, over 50% of Republican voters said that if someone who was running for president in 2024 – wanted to continue to send uh, arms to Ukraine, that would make them less likely to uh, vote for that person. So it's already a toxic issue uh, for the for the stand with Ukraine crowd, and it's becoming even more so. So. And if, if, that, if, if, if Trump's the only one that's going to stand with the Republican base on the issue, that's going to give him a pretty big leg up, it would appear. So here, here's where we stand right now. Uh, again, going back to Brad's excellent writing at OccidentalDescent.com, Brad, you're right. I like. Uh, I think people like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are goofy, but I would rather have that faction in charge of the House, or at least empowered, than the insane Russia Gators who started this. We now have the House. No Kevin McCarthy is a weak speaker. The war in Ukraine is becoming more and more unpopular. When the money runs out and it's time to stand with Ukraine, quote unquote, again this summer, you just mentioned that's when the, the latest. Yep. Uh, tens of billions will run out. We will have a shot at putting an end to this, especially if support for the war continues to erode and become polarized. Apparently, Brad, you write, Joe Biden pledged again during his State of the Union address to stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. He has the unwavering support of 80% of Democrat voters. Remember, 63% of Republicans are opposed to this. 80% of Democrats are for it. And 100% of elected Democrats in Congress on the issue. So, and then again, if, that, that also shows this. If you come out against the war, you may win the Republican primary, but lose the general election. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. But you, you, you conclude, Brad, by writing, so if you support our current foreign policy of unlimited spending and escalation into war with Russia, no matter the cost, Joe Biden is your man. Trump's response was correct. Now, we're coming up on a break. So I want you to go ahead and start answering this. And if we have to carry over into the next segment, we can do that. Joe Biden gave his State of the Union address a few days ago. Trump gave a response that he posted as a video. Can you break down those two <laughs> dueling addresses and what the messages were? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, first of all, I didn't really watch uh, much of Joe Biden's uh, State of the Union address. He just not got up there. And, um, <laughs> I didn't either. Did you? Yeah, I'm not. I, 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 I mean, I, po- I posted it for the people who wanted to torture. I just, I mean, I just saw a clip. It is like staring with Ukraine. I'm like, I'm not going to even bother to rewatch this. Listening well, well, listen to Joe Biden is like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer. It feels so good. Yeah, I mean, stop. Biden was reading the speech uh, that was written for him to recite. So okay, what did Trump say? We'll go to that. I mean, I mean, I mean, Trump pretty much, I mean, nailed it. You got, you know, the economy, you got like record inflation, got record crime. You got, um, 
the border has been totally erased. You got on the on the precipice of war, of World War Three. The average person is uh, poor. You've had the highest gas prices, and I mean, I mean, all, a lot of the greatest hits that was you know covered in the in the in the, in the midterms, the greatest hits of the Joe Biden administration. Uh, who Joe Biden has one of the worst ratings on the economy of any president in 50 years, I want to say, but. Um, the average American thinks, you know, feels they're poor and worse off under Joe Biden. But like all, all that speaks for itself. So I mean, everything Trump said there, especially being on the verge of World War Three, is um, is uh, absolutely on target. In fact, that's another variable. I mean, in between now and the primary, there's a very uh, real ch- possibility that Joe Biden could actually get us into the war with Russia. So, like, we got to remember here before the primary starts, there's a real chance that we might actually be in the hot war. Like something might happen. That's See, that's the real. thing. I mean, Charles Lindbergh was very popular. He was always right. right, but he was very popular until America committed to the war. And then it does kind of change Ditto things. for Henry Ford. Well, so that that's it. You know what? We'll come back with that. What are the odds that we are in uh, boots on the ground or even a nuclear war? I don't know how long a nuclear war would last before the next primary. We'll be right back in with Brad Griffin. one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 844, gave the left evil spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him the beast his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Solzhenitsyn and the Right, the Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more. There's something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to go to antelopehillpublishing.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Always great to have with us Brad Griffin. And uh, as I mentioned before, we are continuing uh, the conversation. This, uh, to me, is the big issue going on in the world right now. I mean, it's been a big issue since its onset uh, right at a year ago now is is when this whole thing kicked off hot with uh, Russia and Ukraine. It had been simmering, of course, for a long, long time. 
and had its origins in the color revolution of 2014. But about a year ago now, Russia went hot on this. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, Paul Craig Roberts, the former assistant secretary of the United States Treasury and erstwhile associate editor of the Wall Street Journal, he was on with us just a couple of weeks ago talking about this. And he made mention, of course, of the fact that uh, I don't know how they exactly calculate this, but the doomsday clock to nuclear war is set at 90 seconds before midnight. So that back to you, Brad, we were talking about the State of the Union address that was written for Biden to recite and Trump's reaction to it. Uh, and Trump is is singing the right tune right now. But what are the odds that this thing continues to spiral out of control before he can run again and maybe add some sense to the issue? I mean, what are the odds that this thing just really goes south before next year? Well, I mean, let me look at it this way. I mean, last week we were wondering, the whole country is wondering if we were on the verge of war with aliens because of the... <laughs> um, objects, objects that were shot down. It turns out I, I haven't written about anything about this, but apparently I heard that one of the objects that Joe Biden shot down was a National Weather Center uh, service balloon. So like a a literal <laughs> a, a literal balloon or, or something that like tracks the weather. It's like not Chinese or that's what I heard. Um, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I mean that just goes to show you yeah, how trigger happy and. Um, not in control, not exactly in control of the situation this is, and who knows, who knows how it could escalate. I mean, could they set up another Gulf of Tonkin um, style sure. incident to bring us into the war? I mean, this is a possibility that we could actually be in the war by the time the primary starts, and then it'll be like all, you know, years of Russia supporting Rally around the flag. And, yeah, you're a yeah, traitor. That, that if could, you don't support the traitors who got us into uh, a war with Russia, that was entirely avoidable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can easily see it going that route. What are the odds? I get the I, feeling, I Brad. I was going to say, I get the feeling that I'm I'm in a barrel, floating down a river, and I hear Niagara Falls in the distance. You know, <laughs> and no way yeah, to avoid it. <laughs> so, what, what do you think, Brad? Yeah, yeah. Even desperate enough to may, may, maybe uh, Trump can maybe Trump can come back because he's at least he at least he doesn't want to start World War Three with Russia. That that's an astounding position. That if you would have, it would have just blown me away if you'd have told me that uh, in, in the fall of twenty twenty. I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we can't say it enough. I mean, but this is it. This is what makes I think life and politics and everything about the human experience so interesting. Is that you just never know. Yeah. What, what's a Chinese curse? <laughs> May you live in interesting times. We certainly do. Brad, so you we were talking earlier China too. <laughs> well, I tell you, if you, and North Korea. if you want to be at war with the world, put somebody, vote for somebody like Nikki Haley now, I got to say, and I think you would agree, Brad, that yeah. you were talking in the last segment about the potential lane that Ron DeSantis might have to take in order to get uh, to the Republican nomination. But what lane is there for Nikki Haley? I, I, I watched her little short video that was promoting her announcement, and what I heard was, she was running for president because, and you should support her, because she's a woman, a minority. She parroted some <laughs> neocon talking points and uh, celebrated the cultural genocide after the Charleston church shooting of her removal of our customs and symbols in South Carolina. I, what kind oh, yeah. of path is there for her in 2023 with the Republican base as it's currently constituted? I mean, the, the, only, the only plausible case I heard from Nikki Haley, the longest of long shots, is that maybe Trump and DeSantis so destroy each other that 
someone else, you know, emerges from the ruins. But I can't see that. It's like, <laughs> like the Siamese fighting fish thing where the two biggest fish <laughs> fight each other and the weak one looks out yeah. there and uh, waits for one to uh, kill the other, and the other one is so weak, right. and then she can go in and get I don't think anybody's going to be weak enough to be beaten by Nikki Haley. Not now. Yeah, I yeah. mean, how I much has imagine. it been? You've talked so much about this, and I've gotten so many talking points for this show. I, I think even when, Brad, you're not on the show, and you're on with us, what, you know, a handful of times a year, five, six times a year yeah. maybe, and it's always great, but I think the majority of the shows we do, I, I cite something, a poll that you've cited, something that I picked up from you over at OD. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we, we mentioned you a lot, even when you're not on, but you, you had written that, uh, and, and so much of what you've written. Uh, like Willie uh, Nelson said, <laughs> you're always on our mind. One of the things you pointed <laughs> out so frequently uh, the last couple of years at OD is how much the Republican base has changed. You said Nikki Haley might have been somebody that Republican voters would have been interested in in 2012. Talk about that, how much the Republican base has radicalized to our way of thinking and i use that term affectionately in the last 10 years that's not it's a short time really for the amount of change that has gone on with the republican base yeah i mean uh, well one huge part of it is just sheer generational change in that like um over the last 10 20 years people like you've gone from being in our 20s and 30s to our 40s so um when i mean there were a lot more older reaganite sort of voters 10 years ago than there are today um so so that's what so that's one part of it you know me and you were in middle age in the problem of our lives and we were kind of eight we got kind of get to the point where our views are aging into the mainstream because it's always uh voters are always older than um the electorate in general well the so other part, part of it. that paradigm though brad is this the left yeah. has gone hog wild and pig crazy i mean uh oh yeah there's no subtlety anymore they've just gone uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's tr- that's absolutely true. To the point exactly now, we'll right. mention this in the next hour. You you've mentioned this um too, and so have our friends at the uh nationalconservative.com. It's got to the point now where no less than twenty, this is amazing, twenty out of the fifty state attorney generals have co-signed a letter denouncing the Southern Poverty Law Center as utterly discredited. So I I, I think there is a great resorting great. of the this is this is something that was unimaginable. The new Confederacy is coalescing. <laughs> right. Uh, um, Let's hope so. A lot, a lot of the, 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 a lot of the more, you know, the, the, the kind of Republicans who are like, you know, I want my taxes low and I don't like these culture war issues and I want to go along with the mainstream on race and culture and gender. A lot of those types, you know, they joined the Never Trump movement and then that completely imploded and. um now they're like moderate, the most, they've shifted over to the Democrats, I would say. That's why you see people like, you know, David Frum over there, Bill Crystal, those type of people. In, insofar there's a, is it that there's a constituency for that in the in the suburbs, a lot of that has just shifted over to the Democrats. So I think Nikki Haley, I guess she could run as a Democrat, but um, <laughs> she'd be but unpopular. The problem with that, though, Brad, is this. The left has gone uh, – Full tilt to the left. They, they've, you know, thrown caution to the wind. Now sexual depravity is a civil right. I think that there are a lot of people that don't want to be part of the Democrats because they see where the Democrats is leading America. They basically are right. hoping for a restoration of George W. Bush, maybe. I don't know what. That, that it is true that the, the left has gone so far off the rails that they've done more to bolster our ranks than 
any of us ever could. That is just an Anything absolute any of us could absolute know. fact. But let, let's talk about how this, you know, again, Brad, you call it the big sort uh, at OD this week, how there's just an exodus from these blue states of people moving down to the red states, especially the old Confederacy. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's for income you know tax related benefits or the cost of living is is so much cheaper or if it's uh people that are moving for ideological reasons but it does seem as though the blue states are getting bluer and the red states are getting redder and at some point there's going to have to be some sort of a a reckoning right yeah i I would i would i would definitely agree with that i mean i saw i mean i knew i mean i i mean we always knew that florida one of the huge reasons why florida became such a solid red, red state was was due to this migration but um I was kind of shocked to see that when when that thing came out uh, about over the last year, and I think every single of the top there wasn't of the top ten growing states, not a single one of them was a blue state, and the, it's the blue states that are lo- losing population, people leaving even even nice places like Colorado, uh, not like your Illinois or um, New York or you know your usual New Jersey your usual suspects, people leaving because it's just terrible services, terrible climate. But even places like Colorado are losing population. So uh, a lot of it is just uh, – I, th- I think a lot of it was COVID. A lot of conservatives who lived in these blue states just said that was the final straw. And it's really accelerated over the last uh, two years. Now, of course, a lot well, yeah, of it I that mean- is, you know, just liberals, you know, destroying their states and moving on to the next host like it's happened in Arizona and Nevada and – Increasingly, yeah, yeah. up in places like Montana. Well, but well, you, you talked about you that was my concern. Or, or is it just liberals leaving these states to go to a state that has a, a, a better cost of living, and they're taking their failed ideologies with them? Uh, but Florida would suggest that that's not necessarily the case. Florida has had an, a, a population boom, and it's only gotten more red, right, Brad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's a one thing. I've, one thing I've noticed is that. People from the uh, heartland area, from you know the Midwest, have always loved Florida. So a lot of them have always wanted to get down there, like my brother-in-law. Uh, uh, there, there are a lot of people that like the semi-tropical climate down there. But you also touched yeah, on what people, is my greatest fear: is that we're going to get all these people tech. down here that want to be normicons, and they will they uh-huh. want to preserve the civil rights movement, and all this, and that's like leaving you know the cancerous tumors. Uh, you know, root alive while cutting away the other I, stuff. I, I think, though, Keith, I think it's not that. Uh, we got about a minute with Brad left. I think it's people who just so happen to have been born in blue states but think like us that are moving. Because if you look at the Republican electorate overall, Brad, you're talking about in some cases on issues directly pertaining to race and faith and identity. You're talking about in some questions 70, 80 percent of the respondents Responding in a way that we would respond, and well, so well, wherever well, they're well, at, black yeah. people behaving. Ba- if black people behaving badly will set them off, they certainly have been set off in the past, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Biden administration. <laughs> That's right. Well, the last two, the last two or three years has has really been where all of this has skyrocketed in terms of these polls. So anyway, Brad, keep up the great work. We love you. Uh, best to uh, you and Renee and your son, and we will talk again soon and hope to see you soon as well. Brad Griffin, OccidentalDescent.com, one you. of our very favorites. Thank you, Brad. Thank you.
In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607 203 5423 The only untold story of World War II you will ever need to know. You have done a magnificent job. The visual impact that people will experience when they see what you have produced. You've been very impartial in your presentation, and you have allowed the people, the viewers, to make up their own mind. You present the, the evidence, and anyway, it's an honor to have you on the program. To find out more on this phenomenal documentary series, go to thegreateststorynevertold.tv. You're listening to Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows the only way you'd give a freshly minted driver a brand new car is if he promises to never drive it. Instead, let him grind the gears and knock over the neighbor's mailbox in something a little more suited to his skill level. And with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, he can safely drive something that's nearly as old as he is. It's not perfect, but it's perfect for him. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome back, everybody, to tonight's live broadcast of TPC. It is Saturday evening, February the 18th, and you know, uh, late... Last summer, we brought a gentleman onto the program who made such a positive impression with us. We brought him back on uh, to offer some uh, election commentary uh, last fall. And now, if I do say so myself, I'll be happy to have him in our regular rotation. It is uh, Jose Nino, a columnist for Big League Politics. He offers political insight from a contrarian perspective. You can check out his Substack, and we'll give you all that information on how to contact and follow and support Jose in just a moment. But first, let's say hello to him. Jose, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic, James. Thank you again for having me on. Well, thank you for being with us. So you've been doing a lot of writing about uh, foreign policy, and let's just get right into it. Is this going to be, well, first of all, where do we stand right now? In your opinion, where do we stand right now? We've talked with Paul Craig Roberts. We've talked with Mark Weber. We're continuing the conversation now. Where, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and America and NATO's involvement? Uh, what's, what's happening in your opinion as we sit and here? what's driving it right now? 
Well, right now, <clears throat> what's happening is you're seeing Russia starting to make slow but steady gains in several eastern Ukrainian cities, and it's been described as a meat grinder as Ukraine is sending tons of forces there to reinforce otherwise like flimsy positions, and all these forces are obviously being armed to the hilt by NATO and the broader West, which the U.S. is obviously leading the way in this. And it's just like basically an exercise in futility at this point because it's very likely that large forces of eastern Ukraine is going to be absorbed by Russia. And I've long argued that this conflict uh, between uh, Russia and the West is largely um, designed to not only bleed Russia out, but to completely disconnect Europe from Russia and put it much more under the U.S.'s thumb, as you've noticed with yes. the total economic decoupling of Europe from Russia and on energy matters. And now uh, Europe will have to rely more on the U.S. for like expensive liquefied natural gas and also the arms industry as well. So you have that, and then you have like fanatic Russophobia among a lot of U.S. foreign policy elites that tend to be made up of a cohort of like Russian, Jewish, or ethnic um, Eastern Europeans that have an axe to grind with Russia. Yeah. Jose, this is Keith. I was going to say, I don't think there's so much under America's thumb as America and uh, Israel or Jews, because... That's where all the Jewish oligarchs that got run out of Russia by Putin landed up for the most part in Ukraine. Ukraine's one of the wealthiest nations in Europe in terms of They certainly natural, are now after that hundred billion. <laughs> yeah, but but with, with natural resources and uh, you know, fertile soil and stuff like that. But the reality is they're one of the poorest nations in Europe and that's because they're being raped economically or were and still are by Jewish well, oligarchs. look, what did Russia do? Uh, it seems to me uh, the reason, and, and I'm not just talking about in the last year, uh, but long before that, Russia was sort of, uh, everybody was against Russia in, in terms of the powers that be because they didn't want to go along with global homo, which means a globalized, homogenous type of degenerate and, and, world and, and, order. Yeah, yeah homo, homosexuality is the Well, homo. that's just one part. Well, it stands for, homo, yeah, globalized, homogenous, yeah, uh, yeah, one world it, order it type of thing. Parcel that order <laughs> yeah well it, it, that certainly plays into it well jose let me ask you this so we were talking about this with our guest in the previous hour if the choice in the republican primary is going to come down to trump and desantis uh the, the choice for the presidency could come down to trump desantis and joe biden 63 percent of republican voters uh according to nbc news is uh, nbc news poll is against further escalation of the war in russia and republicans aiding uh this with more uh Money And Trump's the only guy that's spoken out against uh, further funding the war. So this is the thing. I mean, what is so important about Ukraine that it's worth taking so much risk on? Uh, how important is Donbass to the average American? How many Americans could even find, forget about finding Donbass on a map, could even find Russia. I don't, this isn't a joke. I don't think most Americans could find Russia on a map. Well, well Russia's hard to miss. It's so good. I don't think they could have found Ukraine. No, I don't think they could find Russia. I think that's how bad it's gotten there. You ever watch those Mark Dice videos? I don't think they could find Russia. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, um, there's really no um, pressing national interest at stake. And it's even a bigger farce when you have a massive surge rush taking place at the southern border. 
It just shows how negligent um, and messed up our political class is that they're so fixated on some geopolitical struggle thousands of miles away, whereas we have a real national security threat taking place. They're certainly not uh, fixated on the welfare of the American citizenry at all. You know, it's obviously something other than that is driving uh, them to act the way they do. Yes, we have a very post-national elite that does not care about the historic American nation, and um, they will do everything possible to shift their attention from tending to our affairs and instead subsidizing other groups, more often not foreign groups than other groups that are that subvert the U.S. And I see like the Russo-Ukrainian conflict as an outlet for um, elites to spend untold amounts, uh, ungodly amounts of money, and focus otherwise like uh, necessary resources uh, that should be used at a southern border on some conflict that does not enhance American national interests. Well, Jose, you've written prolifically about this at the Big League Politics. You write uh, very regular columns and articles, and uh, I was reading through them again just yesterday. A lot of good contact uh, content there, and we'll good give you the contact. Too. Yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to give all of Jose's contact and con- content and contact information <laughs> in in the next segment. But um, so, I guess the question is: Is this going to be the issue? Uh, hard to forecast, I know, but do you think this could be the issue that decides uh, the twenty twenty four presidential primaries? Um, I'm not really sure because if you look at a lot of issues, foreign policy, um, especially when you're talking about like proxy wars where there's no like direct conflict yet, um, generally don't really occupy voters' attention. I still think even to this day, immigration is going to be one of like the deciding issues of like them all. And Trump's still strong on that regard. But foreign policy, I do think if this conflict starts seeing more like direct U.S. military intervention, where there's reports of U.S. troops actually being put on the ground there, then you can make the case. But I, I believe that if this stays as a proxy war, many voters are not going to really pay that much attention they're going to pay more attention to the domestic stuff which i believe trump has the edge on no i do too yeah immigration is going to be a, a 1a and 1b i guess if nukes start getting lobbed maybe the american people would uh, take, <laughs> take this a little more seriously and right now we're going to talk to jose about this when we come back is uh is this trump's issue to run with no other i mean there's only one other announced so far that's nikki haley she's certainly in favor of the of the war but the silence is definitely will there be others that uh join Trump in opposing further escalation. We'll find out. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Solzhenitsyn and the Right, the Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more. There's something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the catalog today 
at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to go to antelopehillpublishing.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. gentleman who we've really gotten to know and like a lot over the course of the past few months, uh, Jose Nino, a patriotic Hispanic American who defends the historic American nation from the constant barrage of blood libel coming from the anti-white left. He has columns, he has a substack, he has a podcast, he has a Twitter. Jose, before we uh, get to the second segment with you tonight, give out all of the contact information that people need to know. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Jose Al Nino and also on Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, josbcf.substack.com. I also have a political strategy newsletter that I'm going to be updating more called uh, The Nino File, which you can subscribe to on Patreon or um, Subscribestar. That, there I drop a lot of... Um, tips and tricks on how to organize effectively in political in the political arena. Uh, folks, it's all solid content, well thought out uh, and organized tactics and strategies and musings. And if you want to link over to Jose's Twitter uh, at the top of our uh, own Twitter handle uh, tonight is the promo for this evening's broadcast. And uh, we link to him there and you can link over and give him a follow. So, uh, that said, Jose, back to the issue at hand, I think, and we've talked about this a lot, I think that the American people or the different group blocks that make up the population of America, we are not one people anymore. Uh, the people who live on this continent, let me put it that way, are as separated and as fractured as they have ever been in American history. I, I, there is no trust, very, very low trust. It's all being sort of held together by an economy that's rapidly going in the wrong direction uh, with inflated real estate prices and uh, interest rates and all of that. And I just wonder if a people that are so disjointed and disunioned, if this empire that basically this global American empire that we have and this stage of its decline, if it can take a shot right into uh, its head, uh, if it can survive a bludgeon, which would be some sort of a war with Russia, what would be the catalyst that could potentially bring this house of cards down? So 
we were talking in the, in the last uh, hour with our first guest of the night. As imperfect as Trump may have been on foreign policy, these people are a lot worse. Biden is a lot worse. Nikki Haley is a lot worse. It took them less than a year to start the biggest and most dangerous war in Europe since World War II. They blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, this is reckless endangerment of our people here. And that's another thing that has become clear in recent days. I just wonder, Jose, if any of this could lead to something that brings down the United States as, as we know it. Let, let's let him answer then to Keith. Yeah, a, a military intervention, some type of like great power conflict could be um, the straw that breaks the camel's back because it'll not only be like insanely like expensive in terms of like finances, but it, like the amount of blood spilled to like prosecute such an affair would be very devastating. And if the U.S. were to lose, it would also cause like like massive psychological devastation for the population. Um, you'd probably see a legit regime change in the U.S. and a pretty precipitous decline. Um, I tend to believe that with the Russian-Ukraine conflict that the ruling class prefers to keep it as a proxy war where they let the Europeans, and especially, and especially the Ukrainians, bleed themselves out and the Europeans bleed themselves out, economically speaking, through the massive energy hikes they have to put up with and all of that. But... <clears throat> Um, I, I, I look at a massive military reversal or even a mass amnesty as well as like two events that would fundamentally like transform um, U.S., the, the former leading to its potential decline and the latter leading to like a consolidation of like a multicultural tyranny. And, and who knows what that could morph into. It could really morph into like a type of... Um, ethnic civil war type scenario too when you have like so much um quote unquote diversity and all that in the polity. But yeah, I, I um I do think that the foreign policy and immigration issues, the way that populists aimed it as like to invade the world, invite the world, is the most effective way of selling it to the American public as um a diabolical elite project. And I think Trump has been the only politician in the last like thirty to forty years that has come close to um, articulating that message on, like, the presidential stage. Jose, this is Keith. One thing that I haven't heard much mention of is the possibility of this thing escalating into a true world war. If America crosses the line, whatever that may be, with Russia, and we have a uh, a very bigger escalated war and let's say other NATO nations get in and there's some, you know, I can just see China invading Taiwan, North Korea inviting, invading South Korea, uh, Iran possibly going after Israel, and then America would be left snow wide in the seven dwarfs, the seven dwarfs being NATO, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. trying to contend with all of that. Uh, you know, that would be basically global homo's worst nightmare but it could happen oh it's it's um in many respects we are seeing somewhat of a world war because um yeah because iran is already like allegedly supplied russia with drones and their um relationship has um tightened up um tremendously same thing with china and russia too in fact you are seeing the emergence of this um Eurasian axis of Ru uh, Russia, China, Iran, 
And even Turkey, an ostensive NATO ally, has not been very um, enthusiastic about implementing sanctions against Russia and has taken a relatively balanced stance the Russo-Ukrainian conflict, which shows that, like, um, the U.S. is starting to lose hold of a lot of its, like, allies. And even um, Israel, too, um, had, um, there was, like, reports that they were actually trying to mediate the Russo-Ukrainian conflict as well and bring it to an end because um, in a multipolar world, um, Israel cannot throw its weight around like it could before. Um, because of the simple fact that, like, they literally share a border with Russia now that Russia is in Syria helping prop up the Assad government. And Russia has also uh, strengthened the alliance with Iran, which is one of Israel's enemies. So it cannot just um, <clears throat> go around um, causing all sorts of geopolitical shenanigans in the Middle East like it could when it had, like, the U.S. constantly backing it to the tune of billions. So there's a lot of things changing now in this new political order. And many of the foreign policy elites in uh, the D.C. swamp have not adjusted to that reality. Well, one of these war, one, one thing about this war is that it has caused a consolidation of nations that before were not uh, particularly strong allies of one another. China, India, South Africa right now is running uh, uh, military uh, exercises with Russia. You know, there's uh, there's an awful lot of realignment going on because of this war. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a good deal of the global south, like the, the majority of the global south is largely neutral or has like aligned itself with Russia and doesn't really care to do much with the, degener- uh, the degenerate um, West now. And what I think a lot of foreign policy pundits don't understand is most of the world doesn't care for um, the U.S.'s, like, regime change efforts or, like, any type of campaign to bring multiculturalism or wokeism to other countries through, like, NGOs and other, like, regime change schemes. So, like, the Russo-Ukrainian conflict is probably one of the first signs to that shows that uh, the world of, like, multipolarity is starting to emerge and the unipolar moment that U.S. enjoyed right after the, the dissolution of the Soviet Union is, is an afterthought now. Gone with the wind. Well, folks, Correct. I think you can see what we were saying a moment ago about the skill that Jose has as a commentator uh, as he delivers this informed opinion and analysis here on TPC tonight, his third appearance and counting. And I know we'll talk to him again very soon. And, uh, Jose, with about a minute remaining, final word to you, my friend, on this or any other topic you'd like to cover. I still think foreign policy is very important because it's one of the ways the ruling class in the U.S. tries to undermine the historic American nation by basically putting our uh, youth at risk in wars that don't advance American interests and misallocate resources that should be placed on our border. So it's important that like any type of right-wing populist stresses the importance of, um, of opposing the invite the world, um, invade the world agenda. Yeah, I would certainly say so. I agree with that wholeheartedly. We will be following uh, your latest columns there at Big League Politics and on your Substack, your podcast, and Twitter. Jose Nino, link over to him, folks. It's at the top of our Twitter handle tonight. And, uh, Jose, Godspeed to you. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for all your good work. 
Thank you for so, so much for having me on, James. You're very welcome. Uh, Keith Alexander and I will take it uh, amongst ourselves when we come back. Stay tuned, everybody. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Rich Johnson. Five fired Memphis police officers have all pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder and other charges in the death of Tyree Nichols, whose encounter with those officers left him severely beaten. After today's hearing, family attorney Ben Crump said... The reason why this happened to Tyree Nichols, this Scorpion unit had a pattern and practice of doing this to black people in Memphis. That's it. All five officers were members of the now-disbanded Scorpion unit. They'll be back in court May 1st. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says he feels empathy with the people around East Palestine, Ohio... And they're bringing in experts to make sure the area is safe. The people who will come in, and we expect them in early next week, will also have access to the best experts in the world in regard to chemical exposures. Right now, DeWine says the tests of the air and water show no signs of contamination. The governor and EPA Administrator Michael Regan have been visiting the area near where a Norfolk Southern freight train derailed leaking deadly chemicals and causing massive explosions. We shot it down because it needed to be shot down. So says Vice President Kamala Harris about the Chinese balloon. We were confident that it was uh, used by China to to spy on um, the American people. Harris tells NBC the balloon was not helpful when it comes to U.S.-China relations. Harris is in Germany for a security conference on the first anniversary of the war in Ukraine. If you're still in the mood for a football a week after the Super Bowl, the XFL is trying again. The third iteration of the Upstart Spring Football League kicks off its schedule involving eight teams tomorrow. And if you want to feel really old, try this on for size. One of the NBA's greatest, Michael Jordan, is 60 years old today. This is USA News. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet. The faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSave. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit Chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Keith, that uh, wraps up our guests for tonight, Brad and Jose, and it'll be you and I uh, for the remainder of the program. Pretty good stuff as always, I think. Uh, But let's get into something that I mentioned with Brad Griffin a little bit earlier tonight. We mentioned it in passing. I think it is uh, pretty interesting. I mean, when we first went on the air, 
in the fall of 2004. And for years after that, uh, very few people could stand up to an article by the controlled media that called them a racist or a bigot or a white supremacist or a white nationalist, which the media uses those two terms interchangeably, of course. And so many of these articles would be informed by the supposed experts at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, how things have changed. Now, they're still doing that, of course. I mean, there was one just uh, yesterday uh, or a couple of days ago where we were mentioned in an article where the uh, an expert at the SPLC had said that, uh, you know, we're just white supremacists. to be Jewish, by the way. What a surprise. <laughs> um, but that, that we were white supremacists and this, that, and the other. I mean, that's just par for the course. Uh, that's just, I mean, it's been that way since day one, and it's never stopped. But what has changed is this. Uh, just a couple of days ago, let me see exactly the date on this. Uh, so on February 10th, uh, this, this, is, this is interesting. Uh, February the 10th, no less than 20. How many states we got in the Union, Keith? 50. 20 out of the 50 state attorney generals that are currently in office, that's five short of half the country, co-signed an open letter that they sent to United States Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray denouncing the Southern Poverty Law Center. And the 20 attorney generals described the SPLC as an utterly discredited and unreliable source. Now, I know you're probably wondering out there, Mr. and Mrs. TPC, which were the 20 states that co-signed this letter? Because I know, Keith, you asked the very same question when I brought it to your attention pre-show. So here are the states. It's basically all of the old Confederacy plus a few new allies. The letter was signed by the following attorney generals. The attorney generals representing the states of Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and West Virginia. That's right. I tell you what, the SPLC is kind of a microcosm, I think, about American history since the 1950s. They were in their heyday back in the 1990s and the early 2000s. That was when the complete and total victory of liberalism regarding the civil rights movement had peaked. And as a result, nobody, conservatism was trying to find a way to discuss about, uh, discuss other liberal conservative issues, but they still had to, uh, you know, bow down before the sainted civil rights movement. And that's why being called a racist or being associated on the blacklist of the SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, was so devastating to them. They wanted to say, well, you know, I was really on the right side on the civil rights movement. It took shows like ours to show people that the right side of the civil rights movement, the so-called right side, was actually the wrong side, and that the whole thing was just another 
left-wing radical egalitarian movement intended to destroy America. And that message has gotten out now to the point that 20 out of 50 states, uh, what, uh, two out of five, basically, now has enough courage and gumption to tell the SPLC that they're all wet, which is saying, in another way, that the civil rights movement was all wet. Well, now, I think to a man... They wouldn't quite go that far. They, they, see, they, would, they would pledge fealty, at least publicly, to the so-called civil rights movement, and they probably wouldn't get in bed with us, at least not publicly. But things are trending the, the in that direction. enemy of my enemy, I mean, they see the SPLC for exactly what it is, even if they're not going to publicly come out well, and, well, things are and trending say the things that they're, yeah, absolutely trending in our direction, even if they're not going to come out publicly and say what they're based increasingly believe to be true. I think that's the next step, basically. I think that basically people are understanding what we have preached at these political cesspool for almost See, all of our uh, time which is that liberalism is the modern face of evil that's what you're saying keith is that okay they're not exactly publicly where we are yet but i could tell you this a few years ago uh we would have been excited if 20 conservative blogs got together to denounce uh, a group as odious and as untrustworthy and is full of hate. I mean, they are truly, a lot of the SPLC is a lot of projection. They are the ones truly motivated by hate and discrimination. And if we had had 20 conservative blogs a, a few years ago, we would have been, wow, you're not going to believe it. 20 conservative blogs said this and sent this letter in. But no, 20, 20 sitting state attorney generals did it. And it'll be interesting to see in another 10 years how much further the needle has moved because a lot of things going on in the Republican base, as we say time and time and time again, is uh, moving well, in our direction, the direction well, we've always say, been. The old expression is that the mills of the gods grind slow, but they grind exceeding fine. That's right. And what's happening, I think you're now seeing that people in the world, in America, are now realizing that liberalism is bad news. Liberalism is evil. Liberalism is not... Uh, uh, part good, part bad. It didn't start out righteously and then go astray. It was bad from the beginning, and there is a connection between Globo Homo and the Civil Rights Movement. This is what. Well, it's it, just the logical uh, progression of everything that was going on. Yeah, the, the, what we warned about and what, what true conservatives warned about from the very beginning, right after World War II, and now we're seeing these noxious weeds come to full bloom. Okay, and you can't just cut off with like with a weed the flower on the top or the main part on the top and leave the roots or else the crabgrass will go grow back basically liberalism has been terrible not just for america but for western civilization uh generally particularly europe they're doing the same thing to europe they're doing to us trying to inundate us with racial strangers to basically undermine the uh, advantages that we have from being derived from white people. And, and who are these liars to say I'm a white supremacist in this news story last week and to say that we provide a megaphone for white supremacy? Uh, I notice things and I tell the truth as I see it, but I've never claimed to be a white supremacist. I am pro-white and I will never apologize for that. I am at total peace and have a clear conscience with my family and with myself and with my faith that what I am doing is a service to mankind. I, I think we should all tell the truth.
Well, that's exactly, you've hit the nail on the head again, like I say, and you've driven it straight. This is what it's all about. Basically, the reason that the Jewish hierarchy at the SPLC dislikes the political cesspool and any other dissident right group is because we are telling the truth. We're like the little boy telling the emperor that he has no clothes. That's what they hate. And we're Christians, which they also hate. But uh, in any event, uh, that's that, and that's good news. I like good news, and I like sharing good news, and uh, I wonder what the problem with the other 30 state attorney generals, why they didn't get on board this train. But 20 is a pretty good number. I think if it had been one, uh, we would have been... Uh, it would have been well, noteworthy. We could make a pretty good country out of those 20 states. Hey, ain't that the truth? Yeah, I mean, you go back and listen to the, the roster again. So uh, anyway, that's what's going on. But, uh, but yeah, I think this is we were talking about it with Jose, uh, the white supremacist Jose, <laughs> but, uh, the white supremacist Venezuelan. But, um, and we were talking about it with Brad. There is a resorting going on, a resorting of people, uh, of states, and I, why would states that are diametrically opposed with the beliefs and the opinions and the ideology of other states want to stay in the union? I, I, I want to see this thing have a natural sorting out, uh, a, a mostly peaceful sorting out, as they, as they would say. No, an entirely peaceful sorting out. Uh, we'll say mostly peaceful because now, that's well, what they we're call We're like Greta Garbo. We just want to be left alone. We don't want to rule you. You want to rule us. That's been that way since before the Civil War. We've got the same situation now that we had then. Basically, you have right-thinking Americans, which tend to be what became the Confederacy, and wrong-thinking Americans, that's what New England used to be. Now, I think that more and more people in the North are being converted to our viewpoint because they now see how noxious and uh, depraved liberalism is and what it has led to. It's led to making America a laughing stock among the nations of the can world. Can certainly have been born outside of the South and not had a Confederate ancestry and still think exactly like us on the issues. And a lot of people do, millions of them, all across the country. A lot of them are moving down here now. And we'll be back. Stay tuned, everybody. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? 
No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey. Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. at the calendar i was looking at the calendar i should say during that last break and it's hard to um hard to believe keith i mean we were talking about at the very top of the show that last week was our annual ladies night valentine's day installment and here coming up not the next show not next week's show but the one after two weeks from tonight we will be kicking off another march around the world and you know what i can't wait for that that has become you know, I love Confederate History Month, everybody. You know that. It's been a program tradition since our very first year on the air. But, you know, I really, really have grown to believe that March Around the World may be my favorite month of the year. It's just really interesting where we have nothing but the international guests and leaders and just a lot of fun bobbing yeah. around the world with you, Keith. We've got enough age on us now as a show that we have a bunch of traditions like the Valentine's Day show, like march around the world like confederate history month and all of these things are just natural growth out of our fundamental outlook in life we have found a niche we're pro-southern we're pro-white and we're pro-christian and i think that resonates with people all over not um, just america but the world yeah, it's, it's something that, as you said, some of these traditions we've picked up along the way. They haven't all been in place since our first year on the air. but They were organic. We didn't sit down and say, let's make some traditions. No, we didn't. It just, they just developed. Uh, it certainly did. And we will continue to develop them so long as, uh, as I like to say, as, uh, so long as Jesus tarries his return. And you're the, either growing or you're dying. The, and I think we're still growing. The support of our audience uh, holds out. Uh, our first quarter fundraising drive, by the way, will kick off that first week of March as well. So stay tuned for that and the gift incentive we'll be offering. But uh, I want to circle back and do a quick cleanup uh, segment this this segment, Keith, before we get into the third hour and uh, shift gears once more tonight. Then uh, at the very top of the show before Brad came on, uh, we were mentioning, you know, some of the stuff that's going on out there, UFOs and chemical poisoning on an industrial scale and Things are just getting a little unnerving, and things could spiral out of control. You know, you couldn't make it up, James. You know, as weird as things have gotten, you know, nobody could have dreamt what was going on. Let's say you're back in 2020, war with Ukraine, attack from uh, alien invaders, uh, UFOs and whatnot. You know, is there anything crazier that could actually be on the horizon for us? I don't know. I guess we're about to find out. Well, let's go back to this train disaster in ohio jason kessler who was our first guest of the year back on the well the first first, <laughs> first show in january yeah, that's there you go thank you keith for the assist he has gotten he has compiled the facts uh, about the people who are affected by this train derailing and i say it's just it's like jackson mississippi all right so jackson mississippi uh they 
they can't even maintain a water system now. And, of course, they blame it on white people. They, take, they took over their own city. They've got a black nationalist government down there, and now they, they can't even keep well, uh, just, the drinking just, just like Tyree Nickel, they've taken over the Memphis police force. Now Memphis policemen are almost, you know, you got over 50% black. Five of them beat and kill a black Memphian, but somehow it's still the fault of white people. They just cannot uh, learn a new tune. Well, like, and, and, Johnny One Note. And, and so the situation, I believe, up in East uh, Palestine, Ohio, is probably due to just incompetence as opposed to a deliberate act. However, and I am incompetence not... caused by affirmative action. Well, That's we don't know who was driving the train. But I guarantee or... you, I've seen the rail crews around Memphis and whatnot. There are a lot more black people there than there were in my childhood. And guess what? The railroad cars look terrible. They've got all this graffiti on them. Everything looks like it's in a bad state of repair. Uh, it seems to take them long, twice as long to do half as much. This is, uh, you know, this is what comes of replacing meritocracy with affirmative action. All right, and we don't know what the crew was there, or but I, I will say, but I'll take a guess. If it was deliberate. Uh, the people that have been impacted by this are, as I put it earlier, not support groups of the regime. So this is Jason Kessler's finding. Out of the 50 cars that were derailed up there in Ohio on the 3rd of February, 11 of them carried hazardous materials. Five of them released vinyl chloride, a flammable, colorless, liquefied gas that causes liver, brain, and lung cancer. Okay? Right. The stuff that they make those plastic bags out that we get at, at every grocery store or wherever <laughs> we go to, work, uh, you know, buy something. Now. Vinyl chloride. Sounds like, that's, I mean, vinyl, uh, what is it? Vinyl what? Vinyl chloride. Vinyl chloride. Yeah. One waterway was directly impacted, and it was a tributary of the Ohio River. Five million Americans get water from the Ohio River. Uh, 74 million Americans get water from the various tributaries and outlets of the Ohio River, which, of course, feeds into the Mississippi River. One billion plus, over one billion animals of varying types, livestock and wildlife included, depend on these waterways for life. None of the waterways um, – excuse me, 3,500 fish and aquatic animals have so far died in this one little tributary called the Leslie Run. Uh, almost all small livestock have died in East Palestine since uh, this happened, especially the poultry. They're telling me there's nothing to fear. Yeah, they said it. Yeah, that you can drink the water now. It's completely clean. And by the way, go get your boost, as you said, Keith. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> by the booster. way, yeah, get, get your uh, COVID booster. And also, you know, I guess all these animals are dying. They're all right to eat, too. All right. Uh, 4,800 residents called East Palestine home. 94% of them are white. Now, that's where it starts to get a little bit. Now, now we know why, why the Biden administration is not interested in this. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Like I said, Pete. Why, why Pete Bootyman, Booty Judge, uh, has ignored <laughs> this whole thing up until just recently. And then he used it to, uh, you know, basically tee off on a, a group that the Biden administration and the Democrats don't particularly like. 94% of uh, the 4,800 residents of East Palestine are white. 81% of the 74 million Americans that depend on the Ohio River associated waterways uh, for themselves and their livestock are white. Zero FEMA officials had visited East Palestine as of February the 15th. Uh, so Jason Kessler is saying that he doesn't believe it was an accident. Now, I don't know. 
you know, I don't if know it was, I, it was a convenient one. Because let me say, I don't care. You know, I, I may not go that far, but on the other hand, I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. You know, they do not like people like us. Okay, that's why, for example, in the Ukrainian-Russian war, they're all down with that. All of the left-wing establishment is down with it because that's two white countries killing each other, and they love nothing more than for it to go nuclear, and then you could wipe out America and the rest of Europe as well and get rid of the, all these pesky whites, or most of them, all together in one fell swoop. So, you know, don't ever underestimate the mendacity of the left. Anything that happens, you, you know, if they want it, that they are desperate, you know, to support the Ukrainian-Russian war, as somebody said at the beginning of it, they're willing to fight it to the last Slav, but not to the first Jew. All right, so uh, we'll see what happens. But did it seem that 1,700 trains derailing in, in a year was a little excessive? I mean, there's a rail, and they're on it. I mean, what's causing these trains to derail? I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying well, to be I, smart here. Well, I'll tell you. It's what happened on the city of uh, New Orleans that I used to ride on with my family, particularly when my little boys were small. We'd take a little vacation either up to Chicago or down to New Orleans on it. Well, you had to slow down to 20 miles an hour on parts of it, and that's because the train tracks aren't being kept up like they used to. Meanwhile, they are hiring more and more minorities to work for the railroads and others, non-minorities, and they've got huge expenses for labor. But they, how do they handle that? Well, they just do away with all of their maintenance, routine maintenance and purchase of uh, new rolling stock, things like this. And that's why you're getting all these derailments. Uh, basically, you've got uh, the inmates running the asylum. And it's, uh, you know, it's not a pretty sight. America's railroads used to be the pride of the world. Look at them now. They, 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 when was they that? When, when they met at, uh, what was it, Promontory Point? Yeah, right. You know, right. That, <laughs> since no, then, we've been laughed by about every other well, I'd say between first world, world country. Between World War I and World War II, we had a very good railroad system. Uh, we probably notched it back a little bit during the la during the 30s because of the well compare our rail system to the high speed bullet trains of Europe and, oh, and no, Asia. There's no doubt that coinciding uh, must just be a total coincidence with the development of liberalism in the civil rights movement. That's when the rest of the world started developing bullet trains and had much better railroads than we did, and our railroad system started to decline. That's just the way things are. You know, uh, you've got to understand that ideas have consequences, as Richard Weaver said. And when you basically embrace liberalism and this radical egalitarian notion that all men are created equal, well, if that's the way that you staff your uh, company, heaven help you. You know, you're going to go bankrupt. Well, we, our government would have gone bankrupt, but it can't because it has, you know, access to our tax money. But what they can do is mismanage it to a fairly well. We've never seen a more mismanaged America than we have today. America has gone in the toilet, okay? Uh, it's, you know, I was watching a, 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 a documentary about America in the 50s, about New York City, San Francisco, what wonderful places they were. Now they are the home of uh, uh, people going to the bathroom and uh, doing number two on the sidewalks, okay? 
they would never have tolerated this in the old America. But now this, now that you have the left in charge, you see the transformation of America from a first world to a third world nation. Like we say all the time, you can't have a first world nation with a third world population. And they have been intent upon giving us a third world population for the past 50 years, at least. And again, that goes back again to, to, to Jackson, Mississippi. How is it the white man's fault that they leave a town and they can't maintain a first world well, standard because of living? We, but, is it because they left town? But if, wouldn't that be doing them the favor since whites are the cause of black? Uh, no, we're, we're supposed to have, uh, carry on the white man's burden of keeping everything up for them and not being so uh, uh, mean-spirited as to tell them that we're really the reason that your uh, city has been kept up. When the white people leave... Uh, you know, basically it's like Roundup was sprayed on the town. <laughs> Go to Selma, Alabama if you don't believe it, folks. I was there last summer. It uh, It's something to see. <laughs> it's something to see. We'll be back. Third and final hour up next. Stay tuned. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. We have the new product at InfoWarsLife.com, BioTrue Selenium. We've had so many requests over the years for selenium, and just recently we were able to source a certified organic bioavailable selenium from mustard seed extract. When you take selenium in the body, it actually benefits the detoxification systems in your body. It helps balance the thyroid gland. It helps detoxify. Selenium is another one of those absolute must-haves. The highest concentration of selenium is in the thyroid gland, but it's actually used all over the body. As a matter of fact, there's 25 genes in the body that are directly dependent upon selenium. So it really is a all-around nutrient that everybody really needs. I'm taking it now every day. This is so key. BioTrue Selenium is the product, the best selenium that we could bring you. We believe it's the best out there at a very, very low price. Exclusively available at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. You're listening to the Political Cess Pool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Katie Armour raised the standard. Finally, AR-500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight. Feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at katiearmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it.
listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome back. I say it three times because this is our third and final hour of tonight's live broadcast. John Sebastian on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. (laughs) Well, uh, we've mentioned a few times since his most recent appearance the name of Paul Craig Roberts for various reasons. Former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, former Associate Editor of the Wall Street Journal, former university professor at no less than six universities. He has a new column out. Entitled, Where is the White Privilege? And that's how we'll kick off this third and final hour. Uh, They tell us that it's Black History Month. And so let's uh, do a bit on it very quickly. So here's what I'm going to do, Keith. I'm going to read not the whole piece. Now, you can read it for yourself at uh, Paul Craig Roberts' website. We're going to repost it at TPC in a couple of days later this week. The title of the article is Where is the White Privilege? It's a pretty lengthy one. Every word is gold. You need to read it. But I'm going to read just a couple of excerpts, and then I'm going to give you the high sign. When I give you the high sign, you respond. But not until then. I want to read the whole thing first. Be sure which finger it is you hold up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so this is what Paul Craig Roberts writes. February is the month we celebrate black history. Try celebrating white history. It would be declared an insurrection, and instantly the FBI would be on the screen rounding up white supremacists and domestic terrorists. White heritage has become characterized as racism, and racism is something we should be ashamed of, not celebrated. Universities and public schools have taught white students for years that they, their parents, and all of their forebears are racist to enslaved and oppressed black people. Some cities and states in the U.S. have a reparations committee deciding on how much money to pay to people who uh, have never, uh, excuse me, have reparations committees deciding how much money people who have never owned a slave have to pay people who have never been a slave. Most of them don't even know who their parents are. After years of indoctrination by critical race theory, many white Americans accept that they are the guilty descendants of slave traders. The truth is that the black slave trade originated in black Africa in slave wars between black people. Blacks enslaved blacks. The British colonists were merely customers who needed a labor force. The blacks brought to the colonies were enslaved prior to their arrival. The white slave trade is far older, was far more extensive, and was contemporaneous with the black slave trade and lasted longer. But we don't hear arguments about white people being held back from being placed into bondage. But as Edward Snowden says, don't try to tell truth to people brainwashed by the matrix. The notion of white privilege is one of the most absurd fantasies in human history, Paul Craig Roberts continues. For more than a half century, black Americans have had in law, legal privileges that convey preferment over white people. Black Americans have privileged entry into universities, employment, and promotion. These privileges have expanded with time. University admission requirements for blacks are lower than for white people. 
White liberal professors once complained that this was a privilege given to sons of alumni, but they don't mind the privilege being given to blacks. Blacks have acquired certain protections in law that are denied to white people. For instance, blacks can be victims of hate speech and hate crimes, but they can't be accused of committing the same. White employees of corporations, government, schools, universities, hospitals, and military have to take sensitivity training to show proper deference to blacks as the lower orders in Europe were trained to show towards the aristocracy. Some jurisdictions permit blacks to steal amounts up to $950 without it being a felony. There's an ever-widening range of activities illegal for white people, search, uh, such as looting and burning businesses and cities, for which blacks are released from accountability. The privileges that blacks enjoy are a total violation of law and the United States Constitution. Now, that was just the opening salvo of Paul Craig Roberts' tribute to Black History Month. Keith? Well, he's right. Uh, that's exactly what's happened. Affirmative action uh, has taken over and basically is pro-black and anti-white. I am one of the people that got in on the first wave of victims of it, and it's affected my entire academic and employment history. Uh, you know, if I'd gone to Vanderbilt Law School rather than where I did, uh, and Vanderbilt Law School was the, you know, the, the gold, the silver tuna, as they said on one of these TV shows, it's where you went if you wanted to have preferment in Memphis to work for a white shoe law firm or something like that no telling what i would be doing i might be in a corner office with one of those little paddles you know that has a rubber band and a god wanted you there. right where you are right yeah. here to help the folk well that's right i'm glad and quite frankly i doubt whether i'd have gone down this uh road if i had not had to deal with the uh injustice of affirmative action but see the thing about black history month is so incredible they talk about cultural appropriation and they accuse white people of culturally appropriating their dances, their music, things like this. Think of, uh, you know, those are drops of water in the bucket. Can look at everything that makes America a first world nation. When non-white people use them, they are guilty of cultural appropriation. I'm tired of saying. What about when uh, non-whites culturally appropriate our inventions and technologies and things like that? Well, uh, that's never to be mentioned, okay? And if you do, that just shows that you're a racist. They go back to the ad hominem uh, argument. That Which, as you say, that this is this is what critical theory or critical race theory is. The theory is to criticize Listen. constantly and without cessation. Well, see, cultural Marxism has three basic pr principles. I've got the long march through the institution, critical theory, and the therapeutic state. Now... Critical, theory, critical race theory is just a subpart of critical theory, okay? What is the theory? The theory is relentless criticism. But think about what the blacks try to claim for themselves that is obviously not something that was invented by a black man, for example, all of those things. In fact, even the things that they love to take for granted as being the... Uh, product of black effort and ingenuity like the civil rights movement blacks didn't create the civil rights movement jews did okay let's just be honest let's take a look at who did what where the money came from can you imagine 
the civil rights movement happening if it had not been backed by Jewish intelligence, Jewish networking, Jewish media control, and Jewish money. So they don't even control the things they, you know, have without question been allowed to claim for themselves. Like I was hearing something this morning about some guy that may have kicked off the civil rights movement. No black man kicked off the civil rights movement. It was kicked off by Jewish power and influence. And it's time for us to make that argument. You know, there are a lot of people in our ranks who are kind of gun-shy about two things. One is the civil rights movement. The other thing is mentioning Jewish power and influence. But you have to mention Jewish power and influence, particularly if you're going to have a radio show that claims to be pro-Southern. Why? Why are pro-Southern? Why are Southerners in particular need of learning about Jewish power and influence? It's because more whites in the South are black wives and more are not Jew wives. We need to increase their IQ on Jews in order to get them up to where we need to be so that we can really mount a, a competent offensive against the people that are trying to beat us down and to basically steal our society we'll out be right from back. under us. Stay tuned, everybody. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000 year leap. Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at lovingliberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Solzhenitsyn and the Right, the Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more. There's something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to go to antelopehillpublishing.com. Okay, so here's the thing. I... I and proud of my people, of our history, of our accomplishments, of our goodness. And I think everybody else should be as well. And that's something that has been denied us. I have no problems with blacks or whomever, whatever people group, celebrating their history. But this constant 
barrage of like I, I hear an advertisement. This company in the email spam email I've gotten celebrating black excellence all day every day. Well, what does that have to do with this with this store? Nothing. And the whole thing is a little bit over the top. Okay, it's over the top is what it is because there's just not a lot of there there. I I made a comment before break a few weeks ago. I was talking about the the Roman conquest of the Germanic tribes with Caesar uh, versus uh, one of the German chieftains, and I said, you know, I, I am both of these people. This is both part of white history. I am Caesar. I am Mozart. Uh, we are Shakespeare. We are Cortez and Columbus and Von Braun and Crockett and Lee and Leonidas and Edison and Ford and Disney. I mean, this is this is our people uh, throughout the various nations from whence we came. And if you look at what they call black history, I mean, basically every one of the black heroes was born or, or came of age in the 1960s. I mean, their heroes are Parks and King, as you mentioned, are just front men. They didn't even do front what they were Jews. And the whole thing is, I mean, what are their greatest accomplishments? What did they invent? What did they explore? What did they discover? What did they build? The answer is... They ran a scam, basically. Very, very little. I mean, they sat at lunch counters. I actually saw this at a at a thing, it was like gilded high-top chairs that the so-and-so four or the so-and-so six, they went into this diner and they wouldn't leave. And this is just... What did they do? They basically did what their Jewish masters told them to do in order to promote the civil rights. All right, well, I, that, that's besides... They, they didn't dream this up. Okay, but... This, they didn't come up with any great inventions, and they did not come up with a movement all by themselves. And that's the thing. Whatever they have to be proud of, let them be proud of it. But to, to say, I mean, it's gotten so ridiculous now, black history, excellence. I don't see it. I look around and I just don't see it. They say, well, now they're saying that they built America. Well, if they built America, why couldn't they ever build Africa? They said, well, they, you know, they got colonized. Well, why weren't they more advanced before then? And, and of course, colonization never uh, penetrated into interior Africa. But uh, but anyway, well, they, why weren't they, they built up the, before uh, then? Pyramids, for they example. didn't do well. We know they that that's that. not true either. But if they, but that's like saying, you know, uh, what was the thing you said before the show? They built America because uh, our guy said, "Hey, hand me a screwdriver." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, tractors didn't build America, and. Uh, ox didn't build America, and, and and slaves didn't build America either. Um, they did do some labor, and I'm not I'm not diminishing any of that. I'm just saying it's just not true. It's not true. They're trying to somehow create cultural pessimism. That's one of the hallmarks of cultural Marxism in the white population. They want. They're not trying to get their due. They're not trying to fit in or assimilate. In fact, they're trying to do just the opposite. They want to take over and grind us, grind their heel into our face. So here's another thing. Again, aside from protests and sit-ins and all of that stuff, I mean, where, where's the historical accomplishment? What, 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 do you, what did you find when you made it to Africa? What do you see it, there now? I mean, what, what, where, does where are that the great compare with cultural... the uh, Charge of the Light Brigade sitting in a, uh, a diner and refusing I, I, rudely not to uh, uh, leave when asked? I would bring up the different technological advancements and genius that 
white humanity has given for all of mankind to enjoy, but it would be it'd be to list just about everything you could imagine. Just about everything you could imagine. So we're not going to do that. But you, you look at these. Mark Collett has put a compilation of videos up of, of, of blacks just randomly. I mean, and these are a dime a dozen. You see it every day. Just randomly beating white people. Just going up and cold cocking them, whether it's students in school, white students in school, white elderly whites in nursing homes. Just going up there and, and doing that. And, and this, this, is, this, this is the legacy, I think, much more than what they claim. That uh, violence crime washington dc dc is not even punishing people driving around with fake license plates anymore they've announced that as sort of like a program because it's a wholly black enterprise and anything much. that black people are prone to do gets a pass from the government doesn't matter how socially corrosive or criminally destructive it is what's happened to america is that we have basically allowed uh you know uh, the the top to be the bottom and the bottom to be the top. We're trying to do this, and it's not going to work. It has caused us to have a dysfunctional America. I grew up in the 50s. I knew how functional America used to be before the Civil Rights Movement. I can see the decline in America, decline in public education, decline in public civility, decline in uh, enforcement of the law. All of these things are not the fault of white people except to the fact that they're bowing down to the pressure of Jewish power and influence to treat blacks like their sacred cows. And here's another one. Uh, you may have seen this is a pretty viral vid, pretty viral video. We reposted it at James Edwards TPC on Twitter. You have this well-dressed, slightly older than middle-aged white man who's having a nice dinner with either his wife or girlfriend on an outside patio. A group of blacks come up to him and they accost him. They eat his food, they drink his water, or, or drink his drink, and apparently, and then they, they, they start uh, taunting him, and he gets up and he, he stares them down, and he doesn't back down, and they, he calls them thugs. And then um, they start, you know, like you see in some forms of wildlife, they start bowing up and shucking and jiving and trying to provoke him into, into an attack. And they said, what are you, a racist? You're calling us thugs after they had behaved in a thuggish manner. He said, uh, well, maybe I am. They said, are you a racist? He said, maybe I am. And uh, they say, don't call us thugs. Don't call us thugs. Oh, yeah. What if we beat your ass right now? Call us, and they say the word, call us the N-word. Call us the N-word. Call us the N-word. Call us the N-word. What if we beat your ass right now? This is what they're doing. And, and if he had done that, if he had taken the bait and called them that, they would have probably killed him and then walked because I can see it in a court, in an American court right now. He's justified in killing a white person that calls you the N-word. Even though they, they were taunting him, they went up, completely started it. They were videotaping him. I would like to play it, but there's so much. They, they use typical black street language. There's so many profanities in the clip. You can watch it. I thought about playing it on the show, but there's so much profanity in it. I'm just not going to do it on a family show. But... Uh, that was a man who didn't back down. Somebody said his girlfriend must have had a wheelbarrow to carry around his, uh, uh, well, his his uh, cojones after yeah, after uh, standing up like that. Uh, but that was uh, that that that's black history. I mean, that's the black history I've, the I've known and loved. Let uh, me just in, ask you about this: Why would any white man feel ashamed or reluctant? to confront those people and tell them exactly what they are, to call a spade a dirty shit. Well, listen to this. If you fly into London on Air China, somebody sent me this picture. It's unbelievable. 
It's in Chinese language, and then underneath it is the English translation. If you, uh, some nations aren't cowed by, by the truth, like China. Uh, China uh, has this safety warning, or at least they did. I don't know if it's, they still do or if it's something that they once did, but it reads, London is generally a safe place to travel. However, precautions are needed when entering areas mainly populated by Indians, Pakistanis, and black people. We advise tourists to not go out alone at night, and females always to be accompanied by another person when traveling. And then it goes on to say Visa and MasterCards are accepted for shopping, accommodation, so on and so forth. So I... Um, See, this is the new reality. <laughs> this is the new normal in London, in America, in Memphis, wherever you want to go, New York City, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Des Moines, Iowa. Basically, you're no longer safe to walk the streets of a normal American city. Uh, that a majority have, minority. And furthermore, you can't even defend yourself without risking being put in jail for the rest of your life. Uh, it's time for white people to realize that we live in a dysfunctional society, a dystopia. And it's something that has been brought about by liberals, and the main driving force behind liberalism are Jews, okay? That's what we need to understand. For example, we're talking about reparations. I say bring them on. They had a great article in Occidental Observer this past week about a book written by the Nation of Islam called The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. That's an old one. Yeah, it's been since 1991, but they did research, and they said it is impeccably uh, researched and right, and furthermore, all of their sources are Jewish sources. So it's very hard for Jewish power and influence to try to disclaim it. So if they're going to have reparations, that's great. The Jews are over there. They're the ones that owe it to you, not the white Gentiles. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Black uh, History Month, everybody. Uh, and uh, we'll enjoy the wonders of diversity in Martin Luther King's wonderland uh, that we call America. We'll be back with Jack Ryan for the last two seconds. Thank you. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. The air is just fine. That's the word from Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and EPA Administrator Michael Regan on the situation around East Palestine, Ohio. But as for the water? If you haven't had your water tested, please reach out to the state and remain on bottled water until you do so. Regan is urging residents near the scene of that huge train crash and the ensuing release of deadly chemicals into the air and the ground to trust the science. The pleas are not guilty from all of the former Memphis police officers charged in the death of Tyree Nichols. All five face second-degree murder and other charges. They'll next be in court May 1st. The top Defense Department official when it comes to China is visiting Taiwan, the first such visit in nearly four years. It comes in the wake of the diplomatic strife over that Chinese spy balloon that floated over the USA. Vice President Kamala Harris tells NBC... In the broader context, we will maintain the perspective that we have in terms of what should be the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, that is not going to change, but surely and certainly that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. Harris is leading the U.S. delegation to the Munich Security Conference. Also there, New York Senator Chuck Schumer, who says the U.S. will not abandon Ukraine. He says... 
We've invested a lot in helping Ukraine defend itself against Russia, but the work isn't done. The group called the Conference Board is predicting the USA will slip into recession this year. Its chief economist blames the combination of high inflation, rising interest rates, and all of us spending less. Also, new data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York shows all the money that all of us in the USA owe hit a record $16.9 trillion in the fourth quarter, and American credit card balances are at record levels. This is USA News. Mike Gapple here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. Patriot Software has saved our business by allowing me to focus on other aspects of the business rather than spending so much time on multiple platforms to do the things entailed on running a business. I found Patriot by complete accident and I don't regret it. It is continuing to save our company and I'm extremely excited to see what else it entails. Easy to learn, easy to use, small business software tailored just for you. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Trustmakers, that's uh, that's what we are, I think. That's what Jack Ryan is. And, Jack, I can't believe this is our first time to talk to you, calendar year 2023. Regular contributor he is, and it doesn't seem like it's already we're already a month and a half into this year. As I said before, just a couple of weeks shy of March around the world. And, uh, Jack, hello, buddy. How's uh, how's the new year been treating you so far? A couple of well, days removed from Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm still alive. And as they say, there's <laughs> two types of people, people getting older and not getting older. People are not getting older or dead, so I'm pretty happy I'm get, getting older, and that's good. <laughs> Winter outside of Chicago. It's, not, it's actually not a, b- a bad time if there's no wind. Uh, I like it. Uh, March, the worst month of, of Metro Chicago is coming up, so I'm not going to be real happy about that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good time being in the Midwest. You can always put on more clothes, better clothes, but um, – yeah, only so That's much interesting you, you say that, yeah. Jack. In other words, you're telling us that February is not the coldest month of the year in Chicago, but March is. March is not the coldest, but someone in my family said that March in Chicago is where people don't drink and know what a bad hangover is like. It's wet, raw. It's like Scotland. There's plastic bags in the trees. Everything. Like when, <laughs> when Chicago is under a nice blanket of snow, it looks winter wonderland, but when the snow is melting you find out that people didn't pick up after their dogs and then you get one or two nice days and then the the teachers little kids are skipping around it's spring and then the the temperature could drop 30 degrees you get caught on an l platform just in jeans you'll freeze your behind we've had times where the opening of baseball in the first week of april has gotten snowed so we don't really have oh yeah it can uh, can even snow down here uh in in march no problem but it's it's definitely been a mild winter we had that one we got the right down to zero yeah. for a few days. 
I went up to yeah. Chicago on spring break with my kids and my wife one yeah. time, and it was so damn cold out on that Navy Pier that we had to right. stop into some store and get all of this winter gear, you know, like those kind of Clyde Turbo hats with the earmuffs and everything. Yeah. And, right, know. right, right. <laughs> well, it just sort of anyway. – uh, you got to just know how to handle it. And the Southerners are proud, great fighters. But I got to say, when I was at Vanderbilt, those Southern boys were terrible snowball fighters. I mean, they you get one snow a year, and I'm I'm lobbing <laughs> at each other like 20 feet away, and I throw one one high up in the air, and then they look to follow it, and then I give them a line drive right in the face, and it's it's uh, we got the advantage. To <laughs> That's why we got to have Jack in the snowball war. We got to we got to recruit from Chicago. Yeah. That's right. Finally found a use for Jack. <laughs> Anyway, hey, well, listen, Jack, we're glad that right. you're alive and well and yeah. uh, been missing you the last yeah. few weeks, but uh, you've been busy, right. we've been busy, and everybody's been busy, but it's great right. to have you tonight, and uh, what do you got Thank for you. us? I know we're going to get back into some of your movie and music right. and book recommendations oh, By the way, tonight. let me say this about that music you just played. You know what that tune yeah. is from? No. 1971, Middle of the Road, of Where's Your Mama Gone, Little Baby John? And they put that tune to a new okay. set of lyrics. Well, it was 70s. Uh, I like it. I know that James likes the doo-wop. I like 70s R&B with a little disco. I like to dance, and I think it, it doesn't have bad politics uh, in it. And I just feel our country would be so much better if American men and women would start dancing and being nice to each other again. So that's the kind of music, dance music I like. What do we want to go into the other recommendations? Do we want to get into yeah. the topic? You, uh, your dime, your dance floor, Jack, uh, pun intended. Right. <laughs> okay, so I want to uh, go back to recommending a book or an article uh, every week and then a movie review. Well, the music uh, comes in. So this week I'm recommending the American Renaissance article that was over 20 years ago, which said don't write off the liberals. The pen name was Melody Jellopy. I think that that is a – Charles Dickens' uh, pen name, but she just, it's a great article, and it just mentions that the problems that we have in our country are really not conservatives against liberals, that that is, that is a lie, and it's been taught and pushed by system conservatives, Rush Limbaugh and, and William F. Buckley forever. Our divides are between different people, different ethnic, racial, and sexual uh, groups, and a lot of these things that you just knee-jerk go conservative it's it's just really not right. It's not it's not there. I mean, people in the South or Midwest they want to be patriotic. They want to support the troops, but we really haven't had any war that benefited our country and our people since the Mexican War, the war against the Western Indians. So all these wars, these neoconservative wars, World War One to make the world safe for democracy, Vietnam, or all these neocon J wars and why do we have Syria. those now, wars, Russia, Jack? Yeah, you know they just it's not. So basically, our people in the military were really we were reduced to being Janissary warriors, and the Janissaries were the elite warriors of the Turkish Ottoman Empire, uh, but they were also slaves, white European slaves that were fighting for the Turkish Muslim Sultan. So our people now we're not fighting for our people in these wars, particularly not against Russia. I mean, why do we? Russia's thrown off communism. Uh, Leningrad is now St. Petersburg again. They have sensible rules about porn homosexuality. Why in God's name do we want to be spending trillions of dollars to fight our kinsmen, the Russians, in Crimea and, and Ukraine? And it's just, I, there's less uh, Southerners and Midwesterners, Republicans going along with it. But a lot of people think that, well, serving in the military, it's, even if you are a janissary slave, it's better than being a greeter at Walmart or something like that. So that's kind of the situation. So this article, Don't Write Off the Liberals, 
I want all, most of our listeners to just do a quick DuckDuckGo search. Don't write off the liberals and just see how perspectives from left and, and, and right are not. It's what's best for our people. And lots of things are good for we want to be environmentalists. We want a clean environment. And so these people that just ran these chlorine through rural Ohio would have exploded and destroyed the environment. Do we, you know, is that a good thing? No, of course not. Uh, or anything goes guns. Do we really want to bring in the entire population of Somalia and let everybody have military guns? I, I mean, I don't. So all kinds of controls I'm for. Uh, it, immigration control, birth control for the underclass, uh, controls against child labor and, and, and just culture. We used to have good rules against pornography up until 1970, but then it went. So I like that article. Don't write off the liberals. Well, let me ask you this, Jack. If these wars have not benefited Americans, and I agree with you, they haven't. Who is responsible for them, and who do they benefit? No, we all know. No, no, no. 20th time tonight. We know who's. No, no, it's Jack knows, and you know, and I know, and everybody knows. Well, that's well, it's not just. I mean, it's it's two things. It's the military-industrial complex, the Cheneys and the like. That that just wars are good for their armaments industry, and there's this other people that you're not allowed to mention. It starts with J, ends with W, and rhymes with Jew. So that these people are always, they're usually attacking some uh, European nationalists, like Russian nationalists, Serb nationalists, German nationalists, or else just neighbors of Israel. So that they, and they always promote the wars, but they don't actually fight in them. So that, and it even goes back like that. This hor- I'm pretty sure, maybe one of you knows the answer to this. This horrible congressman from uh, California, uh, Schiff, Adam Schiff, is he, is, he, is he the grandson of the terrible financier Jacob Schiff? That funded the Bolshevik takeover. Rush also. I wondered that myself, Jack. I don't yeah. know, but that, you know, it's sure the is famous a name, and they and they do the same thing. You know, they do the same activities. So um, these wars, and then I'm just so upset that the Ukrainians of all people allow themselves to get suckered into this. They have a vulgar Jay comedian as a president, Zelensky, and that guy's just taking the money and citing another brother war between so similar people, the Ukrainians and the Russians, before communism, that, that society, they were one. Uh, and nobody got butchered worse by uh, J. Bolshevism, communism, Ukrainians. And the fact that they allowed this guy to be a leader, it's amazing that they go along with it. But the people, if they control the media and they control the fiat currency, they print money. I think there was an advertisement came on that was that the national debt is $17 trillion. I heard it was $32 trillion. But if you're if you got that money power, you can you can do all kinds of things. And so it's bad things that happen. But my, it's important to go forward and to not give up despair. And you, we need to promote good books and good movies. So that comes to my movie that I want to recommend. Can I do that now? Absolutely. OK, the movie I have is a 1973 uh, film of Tom Sawyer uh, and the lead is a, an actor uh, Jer- Johnny Whitaker. He he was he was on a TV show. It's popular. I didn't think it was very good. Family Affair. He had big red hair. But the really interesting character in it was a young Jodie Foster, who's playing Becky. And it's just a completely traditional presentation of uh, uh, Huck Finn. What who's the who's the writer for Mark Twain? Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Tom Sawyer. There's no modern politics in it all the women are traditional becky wears a dress uh, it doesn't have the, the oh, racial issues that huck finn does which because there's a, a slave that's trying to run away jim so it's just a story of a small town 
and the girls are girls. They wear dresses, and, and Tom and Huck Finn are their regular boys, and it's it's great. Now, it's a musical. I look at it as, as it's following the success of the Broadway play and movie Oliver, Oliver Twist. I don't think the music is, is particularly memorable in this one, but it's just a very good movie, so I, I would highly recommend this movie. The actors and actresses, the child actors had some problems growing up. Jodie Foster became a lesbian, and the Whitaker guy had some drug issues. But it's a, just a fantastic movie, and I highly recommend it. Hold on, Hollywood, there. what would you expect? Well, we will be right back. Keith will uh, talk about some of his favorite VHS movies. In message <laughs> one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Okay, welcome back. I tell you what, the little time off did Jack well. That was uh, one of my most enjoyable segments that I I always enjoy Jack. I always enjoy Jack. But I was just sitting back listening to that and really enjoying it as a listener. Jack, fantastic job that first segment. I know you were wrapping up with the movie recommendation. You can go back to that and conclude any thoughts that you had that you didn't get to. Uh, I went to Keith's house around Christmas time, and he had a his uh, staple tower of uh, old vhs movies that stretches from and, his and, and floor to ceiling phone, floor to ceiling wall to wall of a uh, collection of vhs's well i'm then sure that there's lots and have of a movie great, marathon right yeah well there, i'm sure he, he has lots of great movies and just because the time period is better i just think the technology of the vhs is not as good as the dvd that, that it's it doesn't age as well um and if you got a but the VHS stories age well and the stories today right. do of not course. age well no they, they do uh i got this really 
worst thing I ever did in my life was I got this expensive MBA degree from the number one MBA program in, in America. Terrible, terrible time and stuff. But they have some theories that you first want to get market share and then get profit. So you can only give it away for free. And it just does things like Chinese getting market share of all these industries. But back in the day, uh, the, the Sony Betamax technology was better technology than the VHS. But you go to a video score store and there'd be thousands of VHS and there'd be just like 10 Betamaxes. So VHS got the market uh, and eventually they, um, you know, the technology of the DVD took over. You looked at that with DOS, uh, Microsoft versus Apple, and the DOS is, is a computer. you got to do these backslashes and all these things, but they were the market share of IBM. Uh, and then the Apple had bad marketing. They only wanted to market to artists and counterculture people. Eventually, Microsoft got Windows, which was competitive with Apple. Uh, so that, you know, that's, that's something that happens in, in we have to do we have to do business. We got to get market share and some things like that. But the movies are just better from the 30s. I don't think the 60s was a very good time for movies. TV was pushing out. The 70s, a lot of really good movies. Now I went the first year. I, I did not watch a single Hollywood movie. Uh, right. Disney, yeah, Disney, Marvel. They were running off the talent of Jack Kirby, the Marvel Comics guy. And I think Jack Kirby is just. He's a genius. He's also a good American. Yeah, he's Jay, uh, New York Jay, but he didn't hate America. He created great comics, but they ran out of original Jack Kirby. So what can Hollywood do after that? They have to politicize it. They got to make Thor's girlfriend, Jane Foster, into a feminist uh, Thor and have black Valkyries. Then they have to politicize well, the, the it. The problem with uh, Hollywood is one. not yeah. beta max. Yeah. It's beta males. Yeah. <laughs> beta males and boy, everything. Bomb that is that Amazon spent two billion dollars to get the rights for the Lord of the Rings, but they don't have a story. They they've done all the Tolkien, Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings. They just have some appendices, notes, and so the and so they politicized it. They made Galadriel into this kick-ass feminist one and brought in black hobbits. The fan base hates it. It's just not a good story. <laughs> I don't care what the format bomb. that's in. I don't want that movie in my house. The orcs are white now too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, they got She-Hulk or something that they've had. And then the Academy Awards, very political. But they they tried. I mean, I like black culture. Like I mentioned, the music that I'm promoting is great black American culture. There's been some good black American movies. I recommend the version Carmen Jones, which is about the opera, French-Spanish opera about the bullfighter Carmen. And they made a version in the late 40s or maybe it was 50s with Harry Belafonte. Uh, and it was about a black heavyweight boxer. And it, but the music is straight from the Carmen. It's a tremendous movie. It's tremendous. But now the pressure is on. That one with Dorothy Dandridge? Yeah. Good looking gal. And um, yeah. uh, Harry Belafonte, is, he does bad politics in his life, but he just is a great actor, a great singer. And it's it's tremendous. And there's not, there just aren't any good stories in Hollywood. Think everything's political. And this is another thing that I've noticed this technological change. People don't go to see movies in a movie theater anymore. Everybody has a home theater, and they stream it. And so it's all technology. It's like a video game instead of a movie with a plot or characters people care about. And I just think that Hollywood's dead. And it's, I mean, a lot of it is... Well, you know, that's just playing into the uh, hands of the Chinese who, you know, will copy everything and pay no royalties and whatnot. It's like... uh, Okay, that's another subject that we get into but i think at the time when the owners of the media are just this horrible 
evil alien people like Bob Iger, and they're they're stopping production sales of traditional Disney like Song of the South. I think Dumbo's come out. So I'm an idea is like I don't want to give the royalties for classic Disney to Bob Iger so they can use it to do homosexual grooming at theme parks in Florida. I'm, well, I don't want to. That's why do I that. have all these VHSs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have it, but the other thing that you can do is, in bad times when the government's corrupt and stuff, yeah, why not be a pirate a little bit? Like today. <laughs> like today. Still be a right. British colony if we obeyed every law, right? Jesus Christ got arrested. Why, well, you know, I don't complain. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, these guys. Oh, I've never been arrested. I've never, you know, everything. I've that, never. That shows you're beta male, right? It just shows. Yeah, it shows you're punk, man. So. Um, uh, we gotta, but it's important to keep tradition and all these people that are objecting quite so to having dirty homo books put in children's libraries. Yeah. But the, my thing is, is we should promote good books. The best answer to bad books is promoting good books. So the classics, Aesop fables are still there. Charles Dickens is there. He's a little bit too long, but Mark Twain is, is fantastic. And Mark Twain has got some censored views about certain things. I, you didn't hear it. But if you go to Colchester Collection, Annie Zion, and you see what Mark Twain said about the carpetbaggers that came by and money, it's amazing observation. But they censored it because uh, his daughter wanted it. It would hurt his reputation, which it would have. Uh, so I think just we need to have book clubs for our children, movie clubs, and just cut off your cable, cut off Netflix. I got Amazon Prime for older movies, uh, but just you know, cut that cable. Get Antenna TV. We live in an occupied country. The media is not. We don't. Last Southern Gentile to own any media company was Ted Turner, and he's been long gone. You know, that's that's just the way it is. Hmm. You made the mistake of linking up with Jane Fonda. Well, he thought he yeah, because he gave big money to the UN, the Clintons. And he, he married Hanoi Jane Fonda, and he thought he would be accepted into the <laughs> Southern California media world. But it's like making it into organized crime. you got to be part of a certain ethnic group to be top in, to get accepted <laughs> in the Hollywood And he wasn't. And so it doesn't matter how politically liberal leftist he was about the U.N., that he was not part of the tribe. And they did not. He's, he's well not the first one to learn that. Lyndon Baines Johnson yeah. learned the same yeah. lesson in the, fifth, in the 60s. Yeah, so if he acted like John F. Kennedy, yeah. he would be treated like John F. Kennedy, but he wasn't. Right. Yeah, he's a truck. He's lucky he before that. Yeah, that's yeah. Lucky so, he didn't uh, get the end that John F. Kennedy got. Uh, no, but he he's not my – I mean, he's probably the most destruction happened under John Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, most – but he's not my least favorite because I didn't really have a lot of – I'm mean, a little kid, but I didn't have a lot of expectations. My least favorite uh, presidents are the Bush – Bush one and Bush two, because you think they're conservatives and they're they're Texans or something like that, and and they they're the guys that push through these neoconservatives. Down East Yankees from Sissy Bunkport, Maine. Sissies are just, I think Bush Junior. He looks and acts just like a twin of the character Jethro on the Beverly Hillbillies TV <laughs> show. Because Uncle Jed was always trying to get a job for no, Jethro. No, no, and they no, were don't to slander do Jethro like Bush. that. And, and then Bush Jr. could not. I mean, he went to Yale, and he was he was a, a male cheerleader. He's just a drunk frat guy, and his, <laughs> they tried to get him a job, and they couldn't get him a job, so they made him job as governor of Texas and two-time president. Well, 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 oh, by by comparing Jethro to Jeb Bush, I mean to uh, yeah. uh, George W. Bush, you've created yeah. a great slander to Jethro. <laughs> 
Well, that actually, the character, I like the character, Jeff. Right? I like the Beverly Hillbillies, but he, he was typecast as a character. And then he was real defensive about it for the rest of his life. He became a producer, and he produced some decent movies that, that were good. I think he has got good uh, characters. He, I think he was the son of that half-J uh, boxer, Max Baer. Uh, I think he, yeah, back I think in the he 30s. was the son of that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, but he produced some good movies, something the Billy Joel that jumped off the Tallahassee Bridge. He, he produced that independent movie. And I, I think that he ended up being kind of the same guy. But your typecast, if, if that your main acting thing was, was uh, being Jethro. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe he could have been, I think he would have done a better job. The actual Jethro character could have done as, as well as George W. Bush. You know, like, <laughs> What a stupid country we have, isn't it? I mean, it's not, that's why I just want to leave. I'm, we I'm we have a president that is a punchline. Yeah. Isn't it? And it, and it's just it's just amazing that our country has even survived as well as it is with the terrible leadership. And now we don't have a single heterosexual Protestant Christian in the entire uh, Biden administration. Our president is senile. Uh, he's walking around and uh, trillion dollars in debt, but somehow the system kind of goes on and you just sort of have to try your best to stay sane. Uh, and I, one thing I do, I'm supporting some young mothers uh, in the United States and one in uh, the Western Cape in Africa. And just you see beautiful moms and they've got really healthy children. They don't have the time for stupid politics or things like that. So if anyone wants to write me and, and I can tell them how to do that. The exchange rate for the dollar to the rand is excellent. For 150 bucks, you can pay for a whole month of school, private school for some Dutch uh, uh, African uh, family. And so in these terrible times, we just, we got to go. But the other thing is like, let's promote good books, good music, and you, you'll pull all your hair out uh, if you just get all upset about the bad uh, movies and the bad music. But James and I don't have a lot of hair to pull out, do we? So we, we have to go out. There. We got, we got to, yeah. got to save it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, Jack, okay. I got to yeah. tell you. By the way, I like how you spend right. your money too. I see these late night commercials. You yeah. know, for a certain amount of cents per day, you can right. save a starving dog or something. I'd right. soon go. I'd rather, right. I'd rather benefit the people that you're benefiting in. I yeah. got to say, my friend, I mean, for the many years you've been on the show as a contributor, I think this might have been your best appearance yet. I thoroughly well, enjoyed it. it. No, no, I, I mean it. I, I really yeah. I, did. You hear me talking in the last couple of segments? I was sitting back, taking it all in. I really yeah. enjoyed what you contributed right. tonight. Well, thank you. We'll so talk much. to you again. Hopefully okay. next week, and uh, for all of our guests tonight, or both of them, Brad Griffin and Jose Nino, for Keith Alexander, our entire staff and crew, I'm James Edwards. Good night. God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.